I know I'm still like hungover and sleep deprived from last night and the night before and the two NXTs and, and friggin' SmackDown in between and just staying up late talking about this shit. I guess, how are you guys feeling this morning? Did you get your Red Bull in you? Or I guess Steve's got this random energy drink brand. Like, are you guys feeling all right? Well, me personally, I'm feeling good, man. It's it's honestly just another day for me. I'm a late night guy anyways, but um, it's a lot better than sitting down and watching 14 hours straight of WrestleMania. It's, I I sort of like the fact that they broke into two nights, but I don't at the same time. I like the one night, you know, spectacle of the whole thing. But um, but it's it, it was nice to not have to sit down and watch 17 hours of wrestling in one night. I'm be honest. Last night sucked compared to night one. So even when the Hall of Famers came out, I went to bed. So I didn't even see the two main events yet. I got to catch up on them. But just one of those things, like, I don't know why this one ran so late with the 8 p.m. start or the 9 p.m. start time when all the other ones have been starting at 8. So yeah, that was at that 11 o'clock end time, not 1230. Or at least 12 at the latest. I was actually saying, I, I messaged both of you guys. You were asleep now. We know, Steve. Yeah. That's why you never answered me. But <laughs> I, I had said it to Jay. I was like, you know, I know this is the, the, the Super Bowl. I know this is WrestleMania. They got the running time a little bit over. Jay said 15 minutes, and it was literally 14 minutes over the running time. So I was kind of impressed that he knew that that was the way that shit went. But that's usually what they do. Even yeah. on the, like the Raws or whatever, back when they used to do the run over time, it was always just a 15 minute run over time. Yeah. But I figured then- you know, because Peacock had their fingers on this more than normal, I figured that they would have been really strict but then i remembered it's kind of an on-demand streaming service so it exactly really, yeah so it really doesn't truly matter how long they run over but um some of those matches ran a little bit longer than they should have or had to they would have went over way more on night one anyways with the weather delay yeah that was i, I think that was like 45 minutes or something yeah and actually you know, that's where i wanted to start things so we may as well kick it off there like before i know i'm gonna go back to the nxt uh stand and deliver as well but the whole outdoor event like it it was kind of weird how wwe one year one month one day they were going on about that and they wait and then there's this random weather delay do you think vince does the outdoor venue now after 2022 because i think next year cowboy stadium they got the roof yeah i don't think that's going to change for vince at all he's been doing it like this and got lucky for the longest time and i mean when i was at when i was at 35 in new york we uh we got real lucky because they were calling for rain that day and pretty well half hour after the event was over and we're all getting on the train it started downpouring so we got extremely lucky then but they also i think they only stopped that because it was lightning i don't think it was necessarily the rain if it was just raining i think they would have kept it on um because they like you don't really see too much on camera but when you're there you see like the heaters and the whole system they have set up to keep that ring dry the wrestlers warm you know all that this the crowd whatever the crowd got to deal with themselves get a poncho or whatever but they have everything in place to kind of keep the entertainment side, you know, ready to go in, in case of emergency. 51,350 over two nights. Um, you know, I, they did a fantastic job. It looked on television, making that place look packed. Like my grandfather said, geez, Chris, it looks like there's more than 25,000 people there. I said, yeah. there probably is, Poppy. Uh, they probably have a lot of the staff and the maintenance workers and the security workers. Oh, that's counting the audience. That's yeah, not counting that's the, the uh... yeah. And, and you know, like for once the event is on, a lot of those people are sitting in the seats that aren't sold. So, you know, I know from even like doing 50 50 at Mooseheads games, when we're done working, we're filling those, the spots in the upper bowl. Like it's not for any optics, but right. they're giving us a seat for something like WrestleMania. Obviously they're, they're going to take care of the security workers. Uh, Jay, you and me talked about the fans last time you were on. So I'm, I'm going to ask Steve this one, if you will, like how good did it feel to see fans, Steve? And, and, and how nice was it to kind of get their reactions to some of the storylines and some of these plots that have been going on for the last year? 
it just makes you buy in more. Like you, you get that same reaction that you're giving in the house and it's not whatever they're piping in to make you feel a certain way. You know, you got to cheer for this guy. You got to boo for this guy. Like it's, it's, it's real reaction. So you can actually like see if they're feeling like the new Roman Reigns character or like get the vibe of like the fiend. Cause like those two people are split. Like some people say the fiend died when he got squashed by Goldberg and then everyone's hated Reigns for a lifetime now. So, but with these new characters, you gotta like get a, like a vibe and not just what WWE wants you, you know, you can see like, okay, do people feel the way I feel or do they feel differently? So. And that's what was nice about this because there was such a space. Like it's been, a, like I said, a year, a month, and a day. So how the reactions were going to work was actually kind of interesting to me. And we're going to talk about that when we get into the matches. But um, Jay, for yourself, like you said, you're a match goer. I mean, so are you, Steve. You've been to how many pay-per-views? Uh, I just did takeover in Summers. In SummerSlam. And, 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 and how many were you at, Jay? I was at quite a few, but I only did a, a couple of wrestling ones. But I do a lot of the local shows. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, as a match goer, you know, I know that you were emotionally attached to see the fans back. So like, how did it make you feel to see, like I said, that interaction with the wrestlers and to get that initial reaction? I felt it because the wrestlers felt it simple. When you see Bianca Belair starting to cry just because she sees fans that are clapping for her. You know what I mean? When you see uh, like just the start of it, having uh, the Vince McMahon coming out, you can see Vince was emotional about it and he was into it. And, you know, as a fan, of course, it's going to make me into it. Why not? But Obviously, it's the Thunderdome is cool, yeah, but it's tiring. It's getting so old. I'm so tired of the piped in. This is awesome chance. I'm so tired of you know, uh, just the fake audience noise in general. It just drives me crazy. And, and to get legit, holy shit, chance, legit, this is awesome chance, legit, uh, like later on when when in the Bliss match when you know the the ink started pouring down her head, and you start hearing the crowd just audibly gasp, like it's just reaction i love it that's what pro wrestling is supposed to be so so i guess over the next few weeks they're moving to uh the, the stadium the raptors are playing at i could be wrong i did a little bit of looking into it but they're moving to another stadium for a while and then i believe the next event with fans isn't going to be until whenever they book extreme rules why do you guys think they're taking so long to book fans if wrestlemania was such a success i'm thinking probably just because they can't get outdoor arenas like with aew at least they've had the outdoor arena so they've had fans for like six months now or something. I don't really follow AEW that much, but they, they've been doing fans thing for a while now. But I think it just comes down to like restrictions and the area and like they've been staying in Florida because that's pretty loose out there and stuff. So I think it just comes down to like the outdoor arena and restrictions. And I mean, they don't want to run into things like happen at Mania, like when you're booking these places for six months and the next thing you know they're dealing with weather every weekend or something like so and raymond james stadium has kind of been like a beacon for not even just the, the state of florida but all of the states like i just said they had the super bowl there i think the first sold out concert in america was there uh, they've got all kinds of events coming up there in the next couple of months so like you said it's hard for them to find the places like a lot of people are saying well why don't they just camp out at raymond james stadium for the next couple of months there's no football there until september that's not easy when it's the one of the only big open venues in the entire country right now. So um, I have to give the city of Tampa credit for letting the WWE take that chance there. And so far, so good. Like I hope there's not a spike in COVID cases or something to make it look well, bad, but as far as I know, Florida has, they're back to 100% normal. Yeah, like, no mask mandate, no nothing. So it's, yeah. um, 
but that's where AEW got a lucky because their home base is in Florida. They have the luck yeah. of having Tony Khan own the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's their home base. They don't have to go anywhere. They own those buildings. They own all that stuff. So it's that's where AEW has the big advantage. Yep, straight up, straight up. Yeah, it'd be weird going back tonight because they're back to the Thunderdome tonight, aren't they? Yeah, and I like, and, and I'm going to talk about this with, and you know, I'll actually ask that with NXT if if you think they missed an opportunity booking them at Raymond James Stadium too. But I feel like they're missing an opportunity to have Raw there tonight, and then NXT there tomorrow night. Like, why not have that venue still continue? Even I, like they're not going to be back until July, so why not grab the extra ticket revenue while they're there? It's just weird to me that they're going back to the Thunderdome tonight and tomorrow or wherever they do NXT tomorrow. I thought that was kind of weird too, because for the last whatever, 10 years or so, the Monday night after WrestleMania is one of the biggest nights of the year. Yeah. And usually they do it in the same city anyways. They just don't do it like a smaller arena or whatever. I think honestly, it might just be a matter of Vince's trying to not have the blame, I guess, if that makes any sense. Like, I know it sounds silly. He just had two nights, 25,000 people in the building, but you know, maybe he I think if it was up to Vince, Vince, he would pack the arenas, which right is now. weird, right? Like, I think the same thing, too, brother. But, you know, I, I was joking with my grandfather, um, the vaccine ads. I don't know if you guys saw that in the COVID, the, the COVID ads. Like, you don't see that shit yeah. for the U.S. The WWE like, ads. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're like for for all of Vince's conservatism and the support of Donald Trump. The program itself is very neutral and very pro society. You know, you're not going to see that shit on a UFC program. Like, go get your vaccines, blah, 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 blah. Um, so <laughs> you I, don't, I, don't give a fuck. Dana's yeah. like, you open, let's do business. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I think I think by Vince not just opening for business completely and having events every couple of months. And, and like, like my buddy was saying, this is a fluid situation still. California is the next pay-per-view booking whenever things open up in July, I think. And they're going to go there, sold out crowd at the SAP Center in San Jose. Backlash is May 16th. That's... Uh, wherever they're going to be over the next couple of weeks. Money in the Bank is June 20th. That's going to be in the same venue. And then Extreme Rules is tentatively scheduled for July. No actual date, but it's looking like it'll probably be that third, fourth week of July. And it's going to be at the SAP Center in San Jose. So I was saying this to everybody. I figured SummerSlam would have been like the next WrestleMania. And then from there, they're going to go with fans. I think SummerSlam has fans. Yeah, 100%. You would, if, you would think Ru- so. if, if Extreme Rules is going to have fans, I figured SummerSlam will have fans. And well, well, even if like something happens and they can't have fans at Extreme Rules, I think they'll still try and put something for SummerSlam, even if it's just a few thousand. They'll they'll do it for the big temple events, your WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. They'll do it for those ones for sure if we're not back to regular life by the end of this year. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, because. Royal Rumble this year was just weird. Like not even having like, the countdown, like of yep. the fans and stuff. Like it's just yeah, like I mean, even watching like basketball and stuff, like yeah. you kind of take the fans for granted until they're not there and then you're like, holy shit, like Yep. That's how me and Jay started. They're like and, the sixth man, basically. Yeah, like. basically. Yeah. And and, and and you know, they're 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 the 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 entity of wrestling that you never really realized we were missing. I mean, you me and Steve talked about this, me and Jay, we talked about this, you know, we missed the fans, but for myself, I actually kind of enjoyed the fan-free product a little bit. I then think about how stupid I was after watching wrestling for the last two nights. And even the NXT events, I think they said that they had 250 paid attendees. Oh, like, there was... A, yeah, the, they the weren't talent. There was a good crowd in there. Yeah, they, they, weren't, they weren't talent. Like, I thought nope. they were talent until I read into it. And I think that it was something like 250 paid attendees. And then there was, like, additional people in the building. So it was yep. just nice to get that feeling back. And 
Um, speaking of stand and deliver, man, like they did a great job. And I, and I just brought this up, you know, I think they missed an opportunity to have every event at the Raymond James stadium that said that felt like an NXT event. Finally, like, yes. you know what I'm talking about? That raw gritty, uh, almost chilling in an anchor or uh, anchor chilling in a hangar feel. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it was nice. Uh, what did you guys think of stand and deliver? Um, I know like for me, myself personally, I've kind of follow NXT, but over the last few months I've lost track. But um, from what I understand, night one, you know, you had three legit contenders for match of the year and I caught a couple of them. I mean, that Pete Dunn match to start things was just a Steve. We talked about this the day after, cause you watched it late. Like that set yeah. the tone for two incredible nights of wrestling. But um, night two, I, I actually caught night two in its entirety. And that put to rest three wonderful storylines as far as I'm concerned, um, and, and that, uh, that Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole match was just like incredible cannon, man. What did you guys think of the event in whole? And, and I guess, you know, follow up maybe about that. Did, that, did the WWE miss an opportunity to platform NXT, uh, for the world to see? I'm going to say no, because me personally, I like that NXT being the, um, uh, what's the word? I'm, I don't want to say minor leagues, the, uh, the developmental brand. Yeah. I liked that when NXT was just its own little thing on the WWE network, because it felt like it had more freedom. It wasn't so corporatized by Vince. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's, that's the thing I liked about That's the thing I liked about NXT over AEW is the fact that it feels, it feels like a, um, like a local raw wrestling program, you know, and, and with triple H at the, the head of the helm um, with the story work and everything they're doing there right now. That's why I love NXT. I'm a huge fan. Um, Stand and deliver to me was incredible. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. There's some of the matches might've went a little too long, but that's to each their own. I enjoy a long match. I could watch a 45 minute match all day. So it's, that's, that's all right with me, but two thumbs up for me on to stand and deliver both night one and two. And, and Steve yourself, before we uh, get to WrestleMania, what did you think about NXT and uh, going forward? Do you think they platform this? It's moving to Tuesday soon. So it's going to get, I think a little more traction, not going up against AEW. Uh, Do you think that, you know, this was just the perfect example of the brand or, or do you think they're going to step it up a level? Uh, no, I think going back to seeing delivery, you finally get the product that we've been used to like before the year, like before all this COVID stuff started, they, they finally went back to like the storytelling matches, like Adam Gold, Kyle O'Reilly. Like that was like what you're used to for NXT, like the storytelling and like they had the gritty feeling. Like I would hate to see NXT in a stadium. Like, just the difference, like, when I went to NXT in um, Toronto, like, just the different vibe, like, even, like, the fan base, like, when we showed up on Saturday, like, was basically, like, a tailgate party. We were all chilling out and everything and, like, slowly rolled in. And then when we went to SummerSlam, like, people were lined up outside the building, like, not moving, like, two hours beforehand. Like, it's less, I don't want to say casuals, but it's a different type of person who enjoys NXT over like the main product. So I hate for them to try and just to appeal to those people, like stick with your niche and just roll with it. Like they're doing good. Like they, they want to pull the numbers of like saying AEW beats them or whatever, but AEW is also going in, grabbing people from like Ring of Honor, Impact. It's like fucking eight companies right now. AEW so. also has the advantage of being a fresh company. It's something brand new. Everybody's excited about something brand new. When you get a brand new video game or something, you always forget about the old ones for a while and you're, you know, you're on the brand new product. And, you know, if this, in my opinion, if they keep doing what they're doing, 
and they don't get onto more storyline stuff and they're just all high fly flippy shit every episode uh they're they're gonna fall to the wayside in the next couple years for sure there'll be another impact wrestling and I think that's kind of not intentionally. Obviously, WWE moved NXT to Tuesday to get the full fanfare and advertising revenue. But I think what they also did, maybe unintentionally, is they may expose the real product that AEW is on a Wednesday. Like my grandfather is now going to sit down and watch AEW all night, Wednesday night, rather than flipping back and forth. He's going to see how shitty it is and maybe stop watching it. I think that's what's going to potentially happen. And that's why they're bringing in all these big names. They got Mike tight. They had Mike Tyson back last week. They're going to be bringing in Shaq on a regular basis. Apparently like uh, to me, AEW, as much as I love the gloss of it, you said it brand new. So it's like a shiny brand new, car fresh it's now. And now that it's got some age to it, you see now Jericho's going on the, the broken skull sessions. And have you watched that? No, not yet. I and mean, you guys can't say nothing. I, I, I even like Steve is just finishing up before we were going on. And I'm like, we're not even talking about this on the episode. I don't want to talk. Nothing. Like, I'll but, just say this for now. Like the, I'll leave it at this. Either yeah. Vince McMahon really doesn't care about AEW or a door has just been opened with unlimited possibilities. We'll just say that. That was what I was thinking the direction of the interview was going to go. Like, so there's a lot Jericho, of stuff he's Jericho, that I was expecting. I was reading this article actually. I, he said, I said, I wasn't going to talk about this, but here I am. <laughs> um, I was reading this article that Jericho's contract is actually up next year or the year after. And is, is I, going, say, I think he's got two years left. He signed yeah, a three year deal. And he's already intended um, for open leverage. He's going to become a free agent. So obviously, this could be like kayfabe built into a storyline, but. You said it like that. That was Randy the first... Orton just did the same thing. Boom. So when it's was, when you know when he was tweeting the, the pictures of all or the elite level or whatever, and you know teasing AEW, blah blah. That's all just a, a leverage to get more money from, yep. from Vince. He wasn't yep. going nowhere. Yep. That's all it is. And I think Vince, as much as he pushed Jericho at the door, and as much as that. Well, I mean, like I said, I haven't I haven't listened to the interview yet, so I don't know. Maybe something. I was going to been... say, don't speak no more on yeah, it. Just watch yeah. the interview. Yeah. But but, <laughs> <laughs> but but to to put the cap on that, what I'm basically saying is is that would be a storyline of all storylines for every company and a way to work together and also still kind of, you know, show the competition. I miss those old days, man. I really do. The old WCW invasion. And uh, man, yep. I miss that stuff. Anyways, let's, let's get to WrestleMania. I'm going to get to kind of like the inconsequential matches, at least on the surface, the stuff that was just happening, the stuff that has a little bit of storyline to it, but um, we've already talked about off the air. Um, but before I get to that, like first, I love to have them having the battle royale the night before on SmackDown. And I think that's something that they should do going forward um, to just kind of like expand the WrestleMania experience, have the battle royal, not even just have the, the trophy as part of the, the reward, but maybe have a match at WrestleMania, maybe a match for the United States title or, you know, what I mean, there's a way and a, and a, a purpose for them to, to bring that going forward. I guess what do you guys think about that? I think they got to have a better prize. Like the trophy, they don't do anything with the trophy anyways. They get their name put on the plaque and we move on to next year. Like it's a good pre-show filler and they didn't do the pre-show this year because they didn't want a bullshit match in front of the fans before the main yeah. show. That's why that's the only reason it was on SmackDown in the first place. But if they moved it to SmackDown now that it's on Friday nights and kind of, you know, set up, like a number one contender shot for like the intercontinental or the U S title. It, it would have a little more purpose than just naming a battle Royal after a legend. And then it, it, it's a filler match to get guys on the card who don't necessarily belong on the card or guys who they don't know what to do with 
who the fans want to see. And so they just throw him in a battle royale, which I have no interest in watching anyways, even if you put a guy I want to see in. So I think it just has to have a better like end game. Than- yeah, I totally agree. There needs to be more stakes to it, especially after the first couple, like when you see Cesaro win and then you see uh, Big Show win and then you see nothing happen to them for the rest of the year. And it's like, well, what's the point of giving this big push and, you know, and, and getting everybody all excited? And now here it is, however many years later, Cesaro is just getting a push now. You know what I mean? Like it's so what does the Andre the Giant Battle Royal really mean if there's not going to be any, you know, any stakes, no number one contendership, no real reason to win other than to say I won at a Battle Royal. That's it. That's why I was saying, like, I, it, it, they have an opportunity to now make something of it. And I love what you guys said. Like both of you is completely have an end game. Maybe. Yep. Have I like somebody. what he said, the, the, the number one contendership for an intercontinental title. Yeah. Because there's not, you got the rumble for the main title, you know what I mean? So give yep. something for the next level title. And, he, and even then you got money in the bank too. So you have yeah. two shots really to, yeah. to exactly. kind of cash in on the heavyweight to become number one. Uh, like aside from a match on Raw or SmackDown, there's no real way where they don't do like a ranking system. Kind of cool in that perspective. Like you see people champion in a tag match and then they fall off to the weight side. Yeah. So I think just the have higher stakes at like the secondary titles would be make it better. Uh, moving on to night one, the, uh, the turmoil match, it, it made some sense. It told a story. It also could develop something going forward. Last time you were on Jay, we talked about how the women's tag division is thin as nails. Trash. Yeah. Yep. It's still, <laughs> it's still pretty loose, but you know, last episode you talked about the riot squad getting involved. They kind of got involved in the, the whole storyline of things. Tamina and Natalia is actually randomly a decent team. I never thought I'd ever say that. I was ready to no. just say goodbye to Natalia, but this might be worth one last push, I guess, for her. But after this, say goodbye to her. Um, but what do you guys think about that turmoil match in general? Was it a waste of time, or, or do you guys think that it could build the women's tag division? I know I'm saying that, but no. <laughs> yeah, cut out there for a second. Yeah. I, damn, well, that's probably good then because it was a terrible question. <laughs> <laughs> just, just basically like did, did that women's turmoil match really have any value to the future of the women's tag division i don't know because so. half the, the teams were just thrown together like yeah, riot yeah. squad is the only like actual tag team yeah in the women's division the rest are just thrown together teams like they had like billy Kane, carmella and billy Kane's going around fucking recruiting people like it just when they had a perfectly good person for billy Kane and peyton royce and they split them up for some reason yeah. Ex- yeah. exactly to do nothing you know? To, to do and, nothing. Yeah, like Peyton Royce hasn't got this push that everyone thought she was going to get. And actually, Billy Kay gets more screen time than Peyton Royce has. <laughs> yep. So, just yeah, I think it was just a filler match to have the women on there to s- save face, I guess, for women's I, wrestling. I totally agree. It was, it was, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word useless, but it was a nonsense match. It was definitely a let me out match. And then when you look at the outcome in night two, it's, it was definitely the only, the only benefit out of that was Tamina actually got a little bit of a, a pop. And that's, and, yeah, and like the night two match. So she got her WrestleMania moment and yeah. well deserved. She's been around forever. So, and this is what I was saying. And, and I'll move on to that. I was going to ask that later, but like the night two, all four of those girls, I actually thought performed like Natalia is obviously well past her best, but she actually put everything she had left, I think, into this match. And you said it's it to me. real with her. She is the, the best of all time. She's yeah. been around forever. Yep. She yep. knows what she's doing. She's just not being treated properly. She's yeah. her, her character is being thrown to the wayside, which is terrible. Yeah. Which is why I think this is a potential to actually give her a push because you you said it appears that they might be given like to me to this push and i don't want to like use the whole 
you know, big girl, small girl versus big girl, small girl matchup. But I think that's what Vince is doing with this, unfortunately. Like, you've got Oh, oh he Jackson sees monster some, on monster. Yes, like this, Nia Jax. It's there. It's legitimately sure. there. And, um, you know, Natalia gets carried through these matches by all three of those girls because, you know, even though Nia Jax is slow and a little bit careless, she is a hard worker. So, yep. uh, you know, I, I think it's a feud that's not done yet. And, and, you know, we talk about the women's tag team division being thin. This might be a placeholder for a couple of weeks, couple of months before somebody comes back. I thought that was the surprise. Honestly, it was that somebody else was going to come back. I thought Bailey, the way her character was just annoying as shit, was going to convince somebody that nobody likes to come back and, and maybe tear shit up. I don't know. My grandfather, like, said Ronda Rousey even foolishly, like, Maybe. I was waiting for a Becky Lynch all night because she yeah. teased the last week or well, whatever it was. What did you say, Steve? You said there was going to be a surprise. Uh, was it Bailey and well, Becky or well, Becky and somebody? Well, I just read like little spoilers or whatever, yeah. and they were like saying that like, Becky might show up for a uh, like a little Bailey segment, like her little talk show or whatever. And then, so I kind of thought they they might have a a match there thing or they might have been surprised in the match but then again that's still just a team thrown together so it doesn't it, it like it's a pop factor i'd rather see return, those guys face each other than be together yeah bailey well, and becky and that's that was kind of what my grandfather said like they're doing this whole team te- like random people teaming up to challenge for the title uh sash has done it twice now ha- had the title challenge for the title lost the title you know what i'm saying like it's just weird how they're trying to push these contenders that would have been a fun way to like just completely give those two girls the belt. And then maybe they have an internal feud when they lose the belt. Like Becky comes back to waste her time with the tag team belt with this useless girl, Bailey. There were ways they could have went with it, but I'm kind of glad that they didn't waste Becky's comeback on something like that. So well, they well just- even leading up to mania, they had like women's matches. They just had, Banks and Bel Air teaming up to go for the yeah, belt. That's what I mean. Same with like Oscar and Ripley. I think they challenged for the belts too when they or something. Like they were just they're just wasting matches with the silly two opponents going for tag titles over and over. Like we've seen that storyline a million times. It's just it's just filler to get them on the card that night. Yep, pretty much. That's that's the way I'm thinking of it. Uh, but I mean, again, I was I was half expecting a Becky appearance somewhat all night because she. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last week, or I think it was last week, the week before she teased, she put out a tweet, her doing some the weightlifting or whatever. And the message that she, I forget what the quote was, but if you take the first letter of every word she put, it said night one. So, you know, but that's just Becky being the troll she is, I guess. And they, they all are. God, yeah, God love so them all, they, man. All they they know how to get us for sure. I was so now do they keep Becky off until fans come though? Like, or is that like a wasted opportunity for a pop? Like, if she shows up tonight in the Thunderdome, like, that's just. That, yeah. that's a wasted opportunity yeah that's very true that's very true yeah yeah like you're right it, it, there's probably not going to be a big surprise or a big comeback now for at least the next few months you know yeah like something closer to that san jose show if it is indeed the the next show with fans so you might um, see a better product moving forward and like pushing storylines knowing that they'll be able to have fans sooner than later whereas last year it was there was so so much uncertainty before a vaccination WrestleMania might have been the reset we needed, and now you might start seeing like to bring. I hate to say it, but like bring guys like Lesnar and Goldberg back, like the guys who won't be back until there's a crowd. Like you might start seeing those feuds manifest now. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll I'll say it. I miss a guy like Lesnar. It's yeah. we needed a guy of his caliber entertainment to to you know come in and do what he does. It's 
we don't have that kind of name right now. We don't. It's yeah. it's, it's sad. <laughs> and there's two lanes with that. Like you could have him versus Roman Reigns with the whole Paul Heyman in the middle thing. Yep. And then you could have him in Lashley, which I think is the program uh, long form that's being set up. But um, I mean, as you say that right now, it's the pop that Roman Paul Heyman in the ring and Brock Lesnar's music hits that pop would be on fucking real. And do they want to waste that? It would be like, audience. has Brock ever been faced before? Kane Velasquez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kane came out. He That's was true. He was That's shook true. when Kane came out. But I mean, again, one of the best things I've seen Brock do is when Keith Lee came out of the Rumble. And Keith yeah. Lee, you know, he was right surprised. And he was, Paul, who the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, it's, I love so that. that. It would be interesting to see them give him a little bit of creativity. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know if what they what kept Paul away from him. Yeah, like what would the, like, what would like Paul if they do? kept Paul with Roman? Because I mean, for years now, it's been like Heyman's been his mouthpiece. So yeah, like, if the we only just other... kind of oh, cut sorry. the chains off him and let him go, they fit so well, though. That's the thing. Yeah, and and who else? He, he was with CM Punk. That was a good one too. And then is that it? Cesaro for like two weeks. Yes, Cesaro. Yeah, that was it. I knew there was one more. Yeah. So, you know, to see Brock come back almost like. Not stabbing me in the back, but I've been watching you for the last, like, you know like, what, what I mean? What yeah, you, yeah. You, I think here? that would that would be fun. And Brock doesn't have to do much promo-wise because part of the reason that Brock was carried so well is that Heyman held the mic. But, you yeah. know, with that storyline, Brock doesn't have to say much. And Brock's work on the mic has improved as his wrestling skills have diminished. So yeah, I think they could have a lot of fun with that. Uh, moving on, I, AJ and this this almost fella is that how you say it? Almost, Omos, Omos. I like yeah, it, Omos. I I can't pronounce his damn name, and my grandfather kills me every time. He's like, that's not how you say it. It's Omos. I call him big ass. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, man. <laughs> uh, they took the tag team titles in an AJ fashion, man. Like I'm, I love AJ Styles, but I'm kind of getting tired of this him just coattailing talent and and getting himself into relevancy. Where does this go? Like, does this become that feud where AJ's own teammate turns on him, or is this a, a tag team run? I wouldn't surprise me, but I mean, this is also AJ being the professional that he is, knowing that he's on the back nine of his career, you know, on the last couple holes, and let's get a couple guys over on the way out. That's all that is. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Steve? I feel like they just didn't have a singles match for him, so they made this match. And they're all, they're also pushing the New Day. The New Day will break every tag record yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like the New Day won the belt back tonight. Yeah, that's possible. That is possible, and that was actually something I was going to mention later. But I may as well uh, ask you guys that now. Like, what happens with them next? That's uh, you know, all the all three of them guys are now on the back end of of defeats, and I can't remember the last time that's happened. Like, they the New Day are actually kind of on the fence right now. So, like, do you think that this brings them together, or does this potentially maybe finally? I don't think it's going to happen but maybe break them up or, or cause some tension. I don't think it's going to break them up. If anything, yeah. they'll probably get a fresh paint of coat and, 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 uh, and turn them heel. That's, that's, that's what I would think. Cause they've been doing a little bit of tweener tendencies the last few weeks. So it's, I could see a heel turn coming then soon. Give them something fresh to work with a heel new day with a, you know, a face. Jeez. I can't even think of a good team to go. With. Well, that's yeah. the thing because with, with AJ and, and this Omos fellow, the, the champions, like they're the, the fans. There's a lot of heel tag teams the right now. Booths. And, and you know, this is something I was going to talk about later, but, you know, maybe with Steve here now, I'll talk about it now. Like this was a very heel oriented WrestleMania. <laughs> like the, the matches that truly mattered, it felt like the heels were over. And the matches that were like, we've been breaking down these matches that are quote unquote inconsequential. We've been talking about 
all the good guys more or less beating the bad guys. Like, you know, I, I'm going to get to Braun versus Shane. There's another example. And, and then we've got KO. He beat Sami Zayn with that whole Logan Paul angle. And then, you know, Sheamus and Matt Riddle is kind of that in between. But, you know, I would say Matt Riddle would be considered the face of that. And, and then Apollo Crews beating Big E. You know, that's yeah. definitely heel beating face. So, you know, it's it's a very strange direction for me. Why do you guys think Vince went with that with the fans? Like, he, you think he want the fans to be cheering rather than booing? Well, I mean, they did a lot of cheering. You got to think right now, a lot of the bad guys are cool gimmick. I'm surprised Roman didn't get cheered. Like, I'm, I'm surprised he got booed. But he did a very good job of crowd work and getting them pissed off. But for the most part, you got to think about it like this. You said it yourself. One year, one month one day and one hour if you're including the rain delay (laughs) so you know you spent this whole time being away from fans let's let's do something right let's keep everybody happy let's you know let's have a joyous night let's you know um it was it was overall uh, there was no real other than the fiend shit there was no real disappointing stuff there was nothing that you were shaking your head at going what the fuck are they doing like it was overall We'll definitely talk about that. (laughs) Not to to cut you off because I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, I think I figured it out. I texted you guys Other than that shit, it was an overall very entertaining, feel-good show. Like, it was, you know, it was pretty well what you expected. Good wrestling, regardless of the outcome. Yeah. I think it's just a coincidence that they're all heels right now. I don't think it was planned that way, per se. I think just the way the storylines are going and future feuds, I think it's just coincidence that they're all heels. It kind of timed that way um yeah yeah but it was it was kind of it seems weird to say this but it was kind of cool to see that hands on the head crowd reaction again like it was just awesome seeing all the crowd reactions again but like when shane i missed the green t-shirt guy in the front oh, row yeah who, who said was it was it you that said <laughs> that, that like that was me that said that he's been in front row in that show. same seat for fucking years <laughs> I don't know how he gets those tickets. Ain't that the truth, man? But like Riddle versus Sheamus, for example, like Sheamus was the fan favorite in that match by far, which was crazy to me because I thought Matt Riddle was really, really big with the fans. And like even like to an extent, I think maybe it's just because Shane is the draw Shane is. It seemed like Shane was getting a little more love than I predicted he was going to get. But I think that's because you guys have mentioned this already way back when we were talking about fans at the beginning of the show, not having fans building up these storylines. These guys, these fans are just like, oh, my God, it's Shane McMahon. Wrestling. I never thought yes. I'd see Shane. You know what I mean? So you said it. Like, maybe they didn't do it on purpose, Steve. And because the fans reacted the way they did, it almost worked out perfect. Whereas if this was a regular WrestleMania, you might have let the, the the paying fans down, quote, unquote. But like Jay said, the characters are all great. You know, these these are all great heels right now. Like, I, even the Apollo Crews character, like, I couldn't stand it at the very beginning. Now, I'm all in. I think yeah. this is kind of cool. You know, it's a little bit corny with the whole angle, but he's taught me a lot about Nigerian history already. I know that sounds crazy to say, but I've gone on Wikipedia. I thought thought he could do the same thing without the accent. Me too. The the accent's too much, man. Like, come on, bro. Maybe he'll just drop it one day like Kofi did for him. Yeah, see, that's the issue is that they know they're going to do that. But, like, it's starting to draw on me now. Like, I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, I'm afraid yeah. that they're just going to drop it when he's done this character and he's going to be back to speaking regular again. And I'm like, come on. You should have yeah. just kept talking regular. He could have done the same character speaking regularly. Yeah, 100%. But he said it himself. It's not like he just changed it. He says, now nah, I want to speak like my ancestors. You know what I mean? So it's like, so that's why he's doing it. So yeah. it, it, he, he made a sense out of it. So 
And like I said, I've, I've probably typed in Nigeria on Wikipedia like 20 times since he started this <laughs> character. I'm learning a lot about the country. So, I mean, power to him, man. I think it's kind of cool that he bought into it. Like, I know guys don't have a choice sometimes, but this seems like an angle where WWE would give him an option to actually go through with it or not. Like, cause it's yeah. a sensitive topic. And, and I think it's cool that he's all in with it and, and is playing the playing the part. So he's um, got some of the best promos he's ever did. So. Yeah, man. A hundred percent real quick before we get into the big matches too. Do you guys think that's it with Logan Paul? Like, do you think that stunner is it or is I hope so. a possibility that you see him? <laughs> yeah, me too. I agree. But yeah. do you think there's a possibility that him versus Kevin Owens is something at SummerSlam? Cause he's really trying to sell this boxing match with Floyd Mayweather. And, and I was saying this to my grandfather because my grandfather's like, what is this bum doing here? This doesn't even make any sense. Blah, 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 blah. I said, he's trying to prove to, to Floyd Mayweather's people that he's worth the price of admission. So they'll fight. So well, let's face it. It ain't got nothing to do with what he wants. WWE sees that he has 20 something million followers. That's that true. Gonna, so that's all that is. If, that's 20 million followers that don't probably follow WWE. Exactly. So, so that's, that's just that's extra. The only reason what that was. So if, if WWE a, sees a boost in this match or whatever, and they see a lot of attention, if, if the YouTube numbers go up on this match, he'll be back, whether yeah, we like it or not. I think that's that's that was kind of like where my question, like my my rebuttal, my follow up was kind of going. Like they're going to see how his brother and Ben Askren are going to do next weekend, numbers wise. It's already looking incredible. And, you know, maybe they're going to try to get Jake involved in a storyline, too. Like, there's something there with the Paul brothers. And we'll talk That's about Bad Bunny. Yeah. And, and Their we'll numbers talk about, are undeniable. Yeah. And, and, and we'll talk about Bad Bunny here soon. But, like, that ended up being a win-win on all, all facets for the WWE. So, yeah. I think that that appearance by Logan Paul might be the first of many, as, as much as I don't want to say it. And a lot of people were saying, well, no, Chris, he got stunned by Kevin Owens, blah, 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 blah. I said... Well, that's the point. That's why he got stunned by Kevin Owens, because they don't know what to do with KO anyways. So they'll just feed him a celebrity gimmick match at, like, SummerSlam. Yeah. It all depends on what those YouTube numbers do. I'm telling you right now. That's true. If that That segment gets, like, millions and millions of YouTube views, they will bring him back. I guarantee it. That's the whole reason why they were doing that shit with the Mysterio families, because when they put those clips on YouTube, they were getting massive numbers. So they said, well, let's keep going with the story. That's a whole. Well, even on Instagram, I've seen a bunch of like random like sports outlets and stuff like oh logan got stunned by ko and all this other stuff so they it's already picking up trash yeah vince mcmahon loves that shit yeah and they're doing like as much as i hate to give them credit they're doing their thing in the boxing sphere um you know logan has done amazing in the podcast sphere impulsive is one of the biggest podcasts in the game and Logan, he's just found ways to tiptoe around fighting somebody for real. And I mean, he's going to, he's running into a warrior this weekend, whether or not Big Ben can stick with him in the boxing ring. Is that this weekend? We'll find out April 17th, brother. I can't wait, man. Shit. Right. I, I, I'm not into these celebrity matches at all for the most I'm not part. not at all, but I'll watch it. I'm into this one. And the reason I'm into this one is because there's intrigue, whether people want to deny it or not. Logan, or sorry, uh, Jake can box. He's not a great yeah. boxer, but he can box. And Ben Askren, he's got no stand up. But the guy mentally is a warrior. And He's faced champions before in his life. That's so. it. That's it. And and everybody keeps bringing up his last two fights. And I'm just like, exactly. I don't think this guy really wants his legacy to be a gutter. Even if he loses this match, he's probably going to last. Like, he's an MMA fighter. He's got the cardio. He's a wrestler. He's got incredible He's getting cardio, pa- so. pa- paid. Oh, he's that's getting- that's. <laughs> and that's what I'm worried about. Like, I don't want whoever's actually commanding this fight to carry the other guy. I want to see them fight. I want to yeah. actually see these guys go for it, even if it's a first round thing. So, yep. but yeah, we'll, enough of that shit. We'll talk about that shit another night. Maybe we'll talk about that next week, man. 
But um, we'll get into the main card now. And it kicked off for, I think this is the second year in, the ro- in a row that was WWE title. Am I wrong in saying that? Oh, kicking off uh, yeah. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Well, no, they did it for WrestleMania 35. Uh, okay, I missed one. That, okay. Yeah, no, but it was because uh, Brock was pissed off. So Heyman came out and said, well, if you're not going to be the main event, the last one, then we're doing it right now. And then Seth came out. And then we had the COVID mania last year, which was oh. Drew and Brock. I always forget COVID mania. I know Jesus it's. Christ. I'm telling you, that whole year is a wash. Ah, I man. think Drew pitched to be first match though, because yeah, even they, before Mania, like when he won the belt, there's something like last year. He said, "When there's crowds, I'm gonna be the first match." Yeah. So there's, there's I think some... he pitched for it, and and then there's a feel to have your opening match anyways be a yeah. heavyweight match with like two of your biggest draws. So yeah. Plus, I was reading on Twitter, and I, I kind of answered my own questions with this one too. Somebody was saying that because he's um irish is he he's scottish jesus christ i said scottish. irish because he's scottish <laughs> that time yeah i know i can't believe i did that that time difference works a hell of a lot better like if he is the main event that makes sense they're not on, he's not on until three four in the morning but if he's first he's on at midnight or one in the morning which is a hell of a lot more accessible for british yeah. viewers so that makes logistical sense yeah i i think that might have played a little bit more into it into why he wanted it but i think steve's right they did set a good pace Oh, and, that was the best the best match you could have to start off with. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And, and, you know. And Drew deserved it. Yeah. I mean, even by losing, I think he got the fan reaction and the love and the support and is kind of feeling the totality of his title runs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. how, yeah. how all his hard work is being rewarded by the fact that just about every single person in that stadium wanted him to win that title. Yep. And just about every single person in that stadium were heartbroken when he didn't. Um, and in terms of Bobby Lashley, like I kind of love to see that his reign has a little bit of credence now that yes. WrestleMania win is like, yes, even if he drops this thing over the next couple of months, this win is, is, is a solid concrete thing for him. Bobby I guess deserved it just as much. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, I mean, long-term, we talked about this already. I think we can all agree that Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar is probably something on the table. Um, but in the short term, do you think they continue this drew program or do you think that they try to push somebody else? No, they'll probably keep it true. I don't think there's um, unless he unless Lashley just does a bunch of squash matches to show his dominance. Now that the hurt business is dismantled and kind of build up to that Lesnar match, there's no real like there's no one else really to challenge for him right now. Yeah, Not in one my thing, mind, at least. The one thing I say you'd have to keep in mind asking that question is that tonight is the Mania or the Raw after Mania, so. Fuck knows what kind of surprises they have in store for tonight. We could have a whole new challenger show up tonight. Brock could show up tonight for all we know. Within saying that, it's I'd see no place for either one of them to go. So I, I really don't know. That raw would be the big key for tonight. It's the fun thing of doing these things. I think you and me would talk about because when we did the last one, Jay, it was when Edge was deciding who he was going to face. It was right after the Rumble, right? He was and just going to go on NXT. NXT, right? So we like, I remember listening back a couple of days ago to this episode, kind of preparing for this. And it was kind of like funny looking back, like, oh, we predicted that, got it right, got predicted this, got it wrong. Da, da, da. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating with Lashley because like they could take it, like Steve said, it could be a squash situation. They could keep Drew on the table or maybe they try to push somebody else i don't know who maybe that's where cesaro ends up maybe they they do a sudden draft in the next month like i doubt that's gonna happen but she never knows yeah you know what i mean it there's so many ways that they could do it that could give lashley a matchup that lasts a few months but i think long term it's brock um i moving on to uh cesaro uh i'm not a fan you guys both know this 
Steve is, has put me in my place, both privately and publicly, that this guy is <laughs> the best in the business. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. This guy to me is just like a robot. And then he does the little spin move. But one thing I got to appreciate this weekend, and I think kind of put Cesaro over for me, is with the fans in the building. Because since I really started watching wrestling, Cesaro has been a heel. You know, whether he's rolling with Nakamura and them or he's doing a solo thing, he's a bad guy. You know, this was the first time I've seen the fans genuinely react to him as somebody they love. And it had nothing to do with the fact that he was facing Seth Rollins. I actually felt that the fans genuinely liked him as a talent. Um, Where do you think both these guys go going forward? I, I know you guys have both talked to me about this potentially being Cesaro getting a push. Um, and then uh, it could be for any of the four uh, men's single titles, really. Um, and in terms of Seth Rollins, what's going to happen with him? I've heard people say maybe he's going to be off screen for a few months with this kind of angle running out of gas. I've heard other people say he might be next for Roman Reigns. So what do you guys think is uh, is on the table? I think he'll challenge Reigns. I, I don't see where else they can go if they're just going to keep pushing this Edge Daniel Bryan like feud on reigns and uh, like like we talked the only other option i think is either push cesaro or kind of start setting up the potential rock versus reigns match and like jimmy's coming back so then they could stretch out the feud again by having jay and jimmy kind of disband away from him and like there's ways but i think cesaro even if it's a gimme and he doesn't win, I think he still deserves the title match. Like he, he, he's put in the work over the years. Like, like even if he doesn't get the title, even though I think he should hold it for a couple months and then fuck, you can let Reigns win it back if you want. But I think he deserves at least the title match. Like he's never had a title match. People love him. Not because of his personality. You're right, Chris, when you say robotic, very, you know, one tone, monotone, not very entertaining, not very funny, but he's a fucking workhorse, and people love his wrestling. They love his, the, the, you know, his effort he puts in, his strength. He's one of the, like you hear guys from Big Show say he picks him up like he's a paper. He's one of the, other than John Cena. Everybody says Cesaro is pretty well the strongest guy on the roster. You wouldn't think of it by looking at him, but when you see a guy swinging somebody around for you know twenty three times and then be able to still function afterwards like it's nothing, that takes talent, that takes strength, whatever. But I can see Cesaro being one of those guys that you just said, maybe getting shifted over to Raw and maybe him fucking with Lashley a little bit. I can see that happening because. There's no, I, I see zero future with him and Roman Reigns. That's, that's, everybody would know right away that Roman's going to win that. There's, there's no, there's no special, but, but I think him and, and him and Lashley, I think that could be something. Especially if Brock isn't coming back for a year and that's the end yeah. game with Lashley. Like you could have Lashley lose and then Lashley come take it back. Like you there's tweener. tons of ways. Yeah. There's, there's tons of ways they could book it, but. Um, that I, could I, be the surprise factor, though. I mean, like, yeah. if you think he doesn't stand a chance against Reigns, and then he beats him on the first match, though, like that—that that would be. Quite I just can't shock. see them. I just can't see them ruining Roman like I, oh, I use the word "ruin," which is bad, but I can't see them just throwing Roman's uh, his his whole gimmick right now is he is he pinned Edge and Daniel Bryan at the same time last night. We'll, we'll get you know to that. I mean? we'll, we'll get to that later. Cause I have, so a theory, I have a theory for you guys, but he's we'll, the we'll fucking talk about this later. right now. There's a reason why he is the head of the table and he was the last show of all mania weekend. You know what I mean? So I can't see him losing to a surprise roll up or something or a surprise match to Cesaro. I just can't see that happening as much as I think it would be cool and, and you know, whatever, but I just can't see it happening. 
But to go back to the robotic, like I've met Cesaro and like the guy actually has personality in real life. So yeah. like they could always kind of like give him more camera time to work on like promos and give him yeah. like a personality. Because I mean, I do get the robotic, like yeah. I, I agree in that sense, but he is like a freak in the ring. Like he is yep. pretty think- athletic, but part of my issue is is like i said he's new to me because i only really just restarted watching wrestling over the last couple of years and like i think of the cesaro that was with like i said nakamura and Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn does all the talking right so like those two guys to me just seemed like not props but and even when it, he was with sheamus and i'm I was pretty sure sheamus did yeah. most of the mic work yeah now, I enjoyed that pair, but I think of him and Tyson Kidd. I really enjoyed that pair. It was a shame when Tyson got taken out that they had to stop. Yeah, but yeah, that, that was, was a good one too. That was the good pair to me. It was him and Tyson Kidd. But like, if the issue with that is, is that we all know that WWE has a thousand writers. They're not allowed yeah. to be themselves. They're not allowed to do their own scripts. So it's like, would would Cesaro do better in an AEW or Ring of Honor? You know, if we see in his character now, what would it be? Would he be as robotic? I doubt it. I I think he's just not used to reading 37 pages of a script 10 minutes before you go on the screen. Uh, WWE. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of good pairs, I guess depending on what way you want to look at it. um, But speaking of good pairs, bad fucking bunny and Damian Priest, man. I would say probably the surprise of the weekend. Um, And it pisses me off because people are now a couple days later trying to downplay bad bunny's performance. Uh, I personally thought that he was incredible whether Morrison and Miz did most of the work for his huge skill set moves. It doesn't matter. The fact that he put in the time and commitment to learn how to do that stuff should be commended by every single person, every single fan, anybody who loves wrestling should be loving what bad bunny did. You know, I'm not a huge fan of celebrity matches. I never have been, but they have always been a staple of WrestleMania. So the fact that he took the time and the effort to put in the professionalism, man, kudos to him, kudos to Miz, kudos to Morrison. And kudos to Damian Priest, man, because he's obviously taking a backseat. Um, this yeah. is his first major push on the main roster. And a lot of people are talking about what's next with him. And is, is there really a what's next with him? Is, is there a way to push him solo now without Bad Bunny? I guess in terms of everything I just said, fellas, how did you guys think of them? What did you guys think of the match? What did you guys think of Bad Bunny's performance? What's next with Damian Priest? And will we see Bad Bunny again in the WWE? I don't think after that little... Um commercial that was shown afterwards i don't think he'll be back anytime soon and steve I did, think you that was... the, did you see the commercial steve yeah yeah, yeah okay okay just so just so I, you I know what back, we're talking about i went back and watched the whole thing on youtube because i, I missed the the first or the last little bit of it but literally the way i'm looking at it now is that whole thing was a complete payoff you come in and help us we'll help you promote your tour our relationship's done uh overall i'm like I they said they want to work with him again though like, it wouldn't surprise me I think right before that tour, because they said it was April 2022 was the beginning of the tour, which is a year from now. I thought it was 21. No, I was confused about because they had like March dates in there. And I was like, what? I believe. Yeah, I believe here. Hold on. We'll keep this one in. This is a good edit. (laughs) (laughs) Also, maybe get that burp on the air. I'll say this while you're doing that, though. But it's like I had I had zero, absolutely zero interest in Bad Bunny. I had no idea who he was. I didn't think he'd be able to do anything. But I will say kudos to you, Bad Bunny. You had me watching your whole match, and I'll give you props for that. So the only thing I feel bad about is Pat McAfee because everybody's forgetting about his celebrity match. I didn't. So (laughs) thank you. But, again, it was was good for me. It was – it, it it was what it was, you know. They did what they were supposed to do, what they were what they were cast for, their roles. 
and uh, he he went above and beyond. So kudos to you, Bad Bunny. That's all I'll say. It just shows the guys who actually are fans of the products, like Pat McAfee put the work in. Shaq, yes. I mean, over on AEW, like you could see, he put the work in. Like like he's a fan. Bad Bunny, he's been doing the Triple H thing at Heat Games and stuff. Like you, you, you it, like they're putting the work in. But so. I don't mind the celebrity matches when they get a celebrity who actually enjoys the product and they're putting it in the matches, but don't bring in guys just for like the Logan Snooki. Pauls. Basically. <laughs> like, I don't think this guy would ever do any kind of training per se to get ready for a match. He would, it would just be like a brawl. I don't think he like, he wouldn't be out there doing now with saying that I do agree. Like even Pat McAfee working with Adam Cole and, you have Miz and Morris and like these guys are professionals and everyone hates the Miz, but he's great at selling. Like he's, he's like top notch professional. So you got to give them their credit, but it comes down to like bad bunny put the work in too. Like he, he moved and like, I think he rented a house out there so he could be at the performance center when he wasn't getting ready for SNL and the Grammys. Like he was, he was training almost every day getting ready. So like, he was well prepared. Like he took it serious. So I mean, my hat's off to him, and it was probably one of the better matches on the night, anyways. I 100 percent agree. I 100 percent agree. I uh, I would love to see Pat McAfee versus Bad Bunny. Like, oh, that's that's pushing <laughs> too far. Pat, those guys Pat, would get lost to each other. I would. I don't know, man. I I think here's here's what I, here's what I think. We saw that Bad Bunny can be a little erratic and a little bit energetic, but I think the way, like you said, Miz and Morrison deserved all the credit in the world for getting exactly. out and working as hard as they did. I think Pat McAfee slows down that match and allows both him and Bad Bunny to do more of those, not like high-flying stunts, but spots. They take their time. Pat McAfee is a loudmouth, whereas Bad Bunny is is kind of quiet. I just looked it up, and it's February. 2022 is when the tour starts. Okay. I I don't think Pat or. Bad Bunny, like, can't speak English. Barely any. He that, And this was something I said to him. That's probably why he's quiet. He did a re- Yeah, exactly. That's why so, he got teamed up with Damian Priest. And and I think they did an amazing job with that partnership. I'm worried about what's going to happen with Priest going forward. And, and I'll, I'll get that uh, I'll get that from you guys before we move on to The Fiend. But, like, you know, I thought I, I have to give him credit for a guy that doesn't know English well. Like Steve 100%. said, he moved, he moved right next to the Performance Center close enough, found a way to, to take the time in between all his other commitments to commit to this and, and set an example and like i said man i i i agree with you jay him and him and pat probably would get lost but well, you gotta I, think, I also man. have a feeling those both of those guys were so good yeah the, the reason why those matches were so good is because who they were working with exactly do, do yeah. you think do you think uh pat mcafee was calling spots in that ring no <laughs> no adam cole no. had 100 control of that you know and, what I mean, same thing with Miz and Morrison, and, and I bet you even they had 100% control over Damian Priest too, because he is a newcomer coming up to the big roster. Yeah. So it's there's there's a reason why those guys work so well with who they were working with. You know, it was those guys by themselves they would get lost. It's there's a reason why it was such a good match is because the guys they were working with they had rigged generals in there with them. But much love to both performances. Honest to God, man. Yeah. As far as Priest goes, though, like yeah, yeah, that was a, that that was a good introduction to him instead of your typical nxt debut and he's some main eventer like you got him with two guys that majority people hate teaming up with like a celebrity so like it's a a good pushing him into the door but he's they're not being like pushed down the throat so they could push him any direction now really now that the fans are 
more so familiar with him seeing him on TV instead of just like, oh, it's the next NXT call up. And, you know, one of those, anyone who doesn't follow NXT, they're like, oh, who the hell is this guy? He got a lot more outside eyes on him teaming with Bad Bunny than he ever would yeah. doing anything with the Miz and Morrison by himself. So that's the that's the good part of it. Like everybody who's worried about what's going to happen with him on the other end of this feud, I'm not looking at the business end. Yeah, I agree with what Steve was just saying. Like all eyes on him now to see what happens on the other end of this. So uh, I hope he has a little bit of input in it too, because like you said, I feel like he probably didn't have a lot in this, and I think he earned respect uh, yeah. from a lot of his peers. Maybe not so much the fans, but uh, I think that anybody who's a true wrestling fan would actually say he earned a lot of respect for taking that backseat and knowing what you just talked about, the commercial aspect of things. You could argue that he was probably the second most talked about wrestler of the weekend on the outside of wrestling channels because he was teamed up with Bad Bunny. Exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, kudos to those four guys because they put on a great friggin' show. And honestly, the build... For as corny as that damn song was and, and all the stuff in between, you knew, what, you knew what to expect and all four of them bought into it between the paint on the Bugatti and the guitar smashing on the backs and, and breaking well, the that's deep. the thing it's, too. My it was fun, man. My expectations were so low because of the build up for it. I had zero. Well, like, I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. So it's, but he, he blew the roof off me. So to, to, to give the build up credit, you could tell all four of those guys were having fun. And I yeah. think that to me, even though we might, might have been sucking our teeth and rolling our eyes, oh, another week of this shit, they were having fun. Um, and, and I have to give a lot of kudos to those guys for, for taking those bumps, man, because, fuck, man, Morrison trusted the shit out of Bad Bunny with that friggin' what did the bunny, the bunny destroyer? destroyer? Yeah, the bunny destroyer is what he called <laughs> yeah, it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't believe, A, the technique of Bad Bunny, but B, Morrison carried that well, body that's, weight. Perfect. That's all Morrison. Bunny sitting yeah. there for the ride. That's all. That Literally. Is. That's what I'm saying. Like Morrison carried that body weight extraordinarily. And and the fact that Bad Bunny knew technique wise what to do properly and how to hold stance and, and to make his balance. It, like somebody said, Not you easy. Have to, no, you have to squeeze your core. Somebody was yeah. saying almost to the point where like, even if you can't do a front flip, you'll do a front flip because your core is so tight. It's just the way you don't you're... want a ragdoll. Yeah. Like he could have hurt himself, let alone Morrison. So, yep. you know, credit to him, man. But okay. speaking on that, I'd like to see Morrison break off from the Miz and I get agree. a little singles push. Like I, I was excited when Morrison came back from all like the Lucha Underground stuff and everything. Yep. And then they just teamed him with the Miz like it was 2003 or whenever the hell it was. So, well, this is, this is this is what this is kind of something I was going to save for uh, down the road because I've had I've had this on the quote unquote whiteboard, if you will. But I'm gonna bring it up now since I think it's a perfect spot to bring it up. Do they break up this year? I hope so. <laughs> sure, I hope so. <laughs> Morrison deserves so much more than this. Yeah, He's so like said, yep, a solo run. The Miz him. doesn't need like the Miz is always going to play that same character. So whether he has someone by his side or not, he's always going to be that person. I mean, I don't know what their family life is like nowadays or how many fucking kids they got, but they could always bring Maurice back too and give her like, give them that little side that they need. But the miss is always going to be that like arrogant trash talking on the mic guy anyway. So Morrison doesn't really do much anyways. He just kind of stands there 90% of the time and just agrees with what the Miz says. So, But he does it in a very funny, entertaining way. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Michael Cole goes on about his athleticism, and he never gets to fucking use it, man, because it's like uh, a couple spots a match. But it's like when I I remember even Johnny Impact, 
those yeah. bounce off the rope moves and how he used to utilize the turnbuckle like half the match. Loved him. Um, I would like to see that. That could be a potential WrestleMania match next year. Or even SummerSlam if they decided to accelerate them breaking up. Miz versus Morrison. Yeah. That would be That'd fun. Be a good way to oh, break that's definitely a uh, pay-per-view match. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Um, like I said, I'm going to save the main events uh, for the end of the show. But uh, moving on to night two, the, the, the leadoff. Ah, man, I... Uh, I'm I'm the biggest fan of this character, and Steve knows it. Like I've been watching wrestling now since I moved in with my grandfather for a couple of years, but it wasn't until this Bray Wyatt guy came back because I remember seeing clips of this Bray Wyatt guy on YouTube. Um, this Bayou character, the Swamp Lord, and he had this family of dudes behind him, and like there was something so different and, and evil about this character. And, and when they brought him back as this like Mister Rogers recreation. And how they've turned it into this like multi-dimensional, deep, dark, everything. There was so much potential for this character. And it's deflated once, deflated twice. And last night it felt like it just popped like a balloon. But at the same time, there's so many olive branches to this thing with this whole Alexa Bliss coming out as Sister Abigail thing. So uh, three questions, answer in the way you want. Um, Who the hell is Alexa Bliss, I guess, is the first thing. How did you, what did you guys think of the match? I actually didn't mind seeing the fiend work a little bit more. He was a little more move variation, not much, but a little bit more. And number three, the, uh, the Brody Lee tribute. Um, that, that was actually a beautiful thing. Uh, I know I'm not like the, the OG wrestling fan of everything, but seeing how much wrestling and wrestling fit wrestlers and wrestling fans appreciated him and everything he did. I thought that was a nice little touch considering the fiend is supposed to be this like Uber focused character in kayfabe completely so i guess just like i said uh, uh who's alexa and then just kind of break down the match fellas i'm i like i said to you last night i think that just officially opened up it's going to be the fiend versus sister abigail in some sort of way um i don't know if it's exactly going to be bray wyatt versus alexa bliss but it's that's i think that's going to be the the quote-unquote feud um i think that's what she was getting at uh, the match itself i was 100 percent in from the entrance to the, the character change from the burnt to the regular, I was 100% in until the RKO and the one, two, three, I was, they completely lost me at that. I was down with the, 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 the Alexa bliss change and the, the, the distraction. And I was 100% until the RKO, the one, two, three lights off. And everybody disappears. That completely spoiled. The, oh, I want to get sick right now. Just thinking about it. It, just, <laughs> it drove me crazy. It was such a good entrance. It was such a good presentation. Um, and then just a just an RKO one two three off a simple distraction for a guy like the Fiend who was no selling nothing for the last seven minutes or whatever before, and it just there was there was something they should have figured out in a way that nobody had to win or lose that match. They could have squashed it as you know whatever. There's that RKO one two three completely spoiled it for me. That was I was I had nothing. Well, to come about. yeah, it comes down like. I love the Fiend character and love it. As long as at the end of all this, maybe it's just long-term booking and we're not used to it in WWE. Like maybe they're actually geniuses and we'll all be surprised in the end. But if there's not a big payoff from him getting like squashed by Goldberg, like the Fiend probably has a losing record for someone who is like this, like unstoppable entity or whatever the hell it's supposed to be. I'm pretty sure he has a losing record as the fiend like um, Bray Wyatt has more wins as the Firefly Funhouse Bray than the fiend does so if if there's a bigger payoff 
for him and Alexa, and this just isn't for Alexa in the end. I'm okay with these squash matches, but I mean, like Day was saying, like he took Orton's backdrop to the announce table, which normally messes everyone up, and they go flying. This guy bounced right back up. He got hit with one RKO and stood right back up. Like he was no selling, and then all of a sudden Alexa Bliss comes out with the mascara dripping down her eyes, and he's all in daze. Gets pinned again. I was 100%. I loved every second of that. I was so into it all. I hated the costumes. One, two, three. They should have kept the burnt mask. That made no sense. Walking through some magical portal to come back to the fiend. Like, why? I don't know. They could have did that on Raw or something. And this is where the long-term booking again comes into play. Like, is he now suddenly back to being burnt? Like, was he like a supernatural form where he was back to being the fiend again? And yeah, that, you know what I mean? I take it. It was really he weird. Had the like, powers I thought, to just transform yeah. himself back to normal. Like it's like I'm. I just got done watching Wandavision, so I'm. I'm all magic right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's that's that's exactly how I took it. Is that yeah. he has the power to? Okay, I don't want to be burned no more. I'm 100. percent You know, I'm back. Like it's that's the way I took it. Yeah. But and does I, he have power? This is. I, it. Like, I, so. I, I don't. I don't know. The way they've leaned it now is Alexa Bliss is the one in control. Like from the beginning, and I was saying this to my grandfather. Like, and, and I think I said this to you too, Steve. Like, when it comes down to the dolls in the Firefly Funhouse, the only one that seemed to have any true concept, aside from the buzzard, was the Abby, uh, the, Witch. Abby the Witch. Abby the Witch was always warning them, "Oh, you shouldn't do that." Was always kind of prophetic. Um, said what was going to happen. Like, you know what I'm saying? I knew obviously, and everybody knew that that character had a little something else to it in within the, the Firefly Funhouse effect. But I didn't think that we were going to get like a physical entity of like a sister Abigail. And, and I it, think that's what this is. I, I yeah. literally think Alexa Bliss has become possessed by sister Abigail. I don't think that's Alexa Bliss no more. Or was sister Abigail possessing the fiend all along? And that's, well, that's what I mean. Actually, and it's, it's so weird, man. With like the it's, fire and everything and oh, the she was doing and something went wrong somewhere. And I think she got seriously possessed. Which one of you guys said was it last night or yeah? Which one of you guys said last night that this could be like a stable, a potential for a stable? I don't think that was me. I was it, it was me because we were yeah. discussing the puppets. Yeah, and we were breaking down what each puppet was. Yeah, that's how we got onto the Abby the Witch. Yeah, and, and the only googling it. The only reason I like tabbed off of that was because like Huskis is actually literally like supposed to be Bray. Well, Wyatt that's what all the puppets the are. They're, They're all different like, iterations different of his old characters. Yeah. Um, but like Steve was saying with, with Abby, the witch now actually being somebody else in a physical form, you could maybe bring back Huskis as Bray Wyatt in a form you like, you could do this Mick Foley thing, not like completely. And they have already done it with the Mr. Well, Rogers. Well, they brought yeah, back well, the old one. Well, I mean, that's kind of what they were doing anyways with the firefly. The fun house spray and that's why everybody thought this was going to be one of those because we didn't know who the fiend was. And they, they kind of surprised everybody with it being the first match of the night. I, a lot of people thought it was going to end up being a cinematic match. I didn't think that. No, I a lot of people. I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a Firefly Funhouse, and that's why I thought it was opening up because I thought the weather was bad last night too. That's it. So that, I thought they it, had the cinematic match. They wouldn't waste the feed entrance with a well, live crowd. Well, the thing is, Jay, like uh, the, one of the ideas I read, and this kind of gave credits to Steve's uh, uh, thoughts. You have the the show start with a Firefly Funhouse match. But it ends live. Now, you're right. You wouldn't get the Fiend's entrance if you do that that way, right? Like, we're not going to get that moment again. 
Um, you'll probably get him coming out from under the ring or something silly again, right? Which would be cool. I think that would be amazing to have like the entire arena being dark and then like the fiend's hand coming out, pushing himself up, but he's completely uh, his fine again. His entrance is what gets you hype, man. That, that, that's just it. I, I, you said it. There, the opportunity to have that entrance um, at WrestleMania, 25,000 people. It hasn't music, been around for a year. Yeah, like it, there, it was an opportunity they couldn't miss, but I think they missed the Jack in the Box was a cool entrance. It was amazing. Just his normal walk down with the. With... But this is the thing. Like Alexa was fine, or was she? Like it's like was she? That's was... the thing. How long has she been playing this? Yeah, yeah, and and like I my think grandfather we'll find said... out in the next couple of brawls or, or SmackDowns or whatever. I think yeah. we'll find out because like my grandfather said, the, I thought the Fiend had control of Alexa Bliss. I said. But who's controlling the fiend, brother? He's like, that's my point. Oh, I can't take all this shit. <laughs> it's like that's, this. That's my point. This, well, I think this, Alexa Bliss has control of the fiend, and that's why he's distracted. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred. And that's why I was reading somewhere, and they made it. They made a like a thing. That's why she's been carrying around the jack in the like the little jack in the box because mm. she's been controlling it the whole time, and then it went to the bigger one for the entrance. Yeah, and, and, and everyone's think- thought before he got burned that. He was being controlled by the fiend, but I think it was the other way around. Yeah. And somebody had mentioned on Twitter that there was a Firefly Funhouse episode where it was, I think, Ramblin' Rabbit came out of the Jack in the Box or something like that. Was that was like, like when she was first brought it out. Symbolism. Yeah, there was a symbolism yeah. to it that somebody had mentioned on Twitter. So um, Bray Wyatt is a genius. So, oh, like, and, and he it, like has complete like creative control, like one of the few, or at least a good chunk of control for this. So mm. I think it is long-term, but if it doesn't have a big payoff, then it's kind of been a waste. For yeah. Like, I mean, years, three years. My Gray Wyatt's been talking about this fiend character for years, like yeah. way back in the Bayou character. He would always talk about this demonic character that was always following him around or whatever with yellow eyes. And, and he, he described exactly what the fiend is now. And he's been talking about this guy for years yeah. and it's awesome. Like it was so cool to see it all come out. And it's, that's why I'm so disappointed to see where it's going now. And just to see him RKO one, two, three, after such a, a beautiful story set up and, and everything. Yeah. It's, ugh. Hey, I just I don't just, want to be another Wyatt family basically like there was yeah. so much push and great build for that and then it just went nowhere nowhere they had an opportunity and then to that, that's basically when time. the fiend came to reinvent itself, essentially yeah. i mean i've t- i've been telling you guys about my whole fantasy booking theory about the fiend's revenge and this still kind of plays into it in a weird way i mean it's not a derailer for the fiend character because we have no idea what the hell's going on with alexa bliss and or sister abigail or whoever the hell she is but yeah, I, I have to agree wholeheartedly that so far I'm kind of disappointed because I was looking at a character. And, and I mean, I think it was you, Steve, months ago that convinced me the Fiend doesn't need the belt. And, you know, it took me. He doesn't need the belt, but he's got to win. Like, he, yeah, like he can't just be losing every match. Yeah. He and, didn't and, need the belt, but he need he can't. Wins and losses getting... doesn't matter, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I always, I always used to say, honestly, oh, pardon me, fellas, too much water. Um. I was saying for the longest time, the only reason he won the belt that first time as quickly as he did was because they wanted to sell the merch. They wanted to sell that belt because it's all about the money. It sucks (laughs) that, you know, he ended up losing that first run after how many spears, like two or three quick little spears. Like, oh, man. 
That was a weird match. The issue was that was the whole buildup was what's the secret to build the, the beat the fiend? What's mm-hmm. the secret? Nobody Remember we had this conversation, out. Steve? And, and then we, Goldberg like, spears him and does it. That's we thought it, it was oh, the gloves. It was like, yeah. all along. Yeah, <laughs> like me and Steve, like when the fiend character first came out and we were like just going into full-blown geek mode trying to find out how the hell anybody beats the fiend. And I said um, something about maybe putting his own hand in his mouth. And Steve said, maybe you just find a way to take the glove off. And I was Bandy like, gauntlet. yeah, like that would be crazy. But. I don't know, man. It would be crazy. Awesome to see this character, like I said, get the revenge to maybe put a cap on. Like, I feel like this character will die. I Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there will be a time where this character actually, like, just goes away. And maybe it's in the very near future. Maybe this Alexa Bliss interaction is kind of giving us the full tale and the full story of what you were saying, Jay. Something he was talking about a decade ago or yeah. so. So, uh, moving on. Rhea Ripley beat Asuka, and she beat her in a fashion that surprised me. You know, Asuka's a tough cookie, and, it, you know, whether she wins or loses, man, she always puts on a show, and even though she had her good spots in this match, Rhea Ripley whooped her friggin' ass, man. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we talked about this, I think, Jay. I could have actually talked about this with somebody else, but I think it might have been with you. One of my least favorite things about WrestleMania last year was the fact that she lost the NXT title. Or, sorry, the year was it last year or the year before? Last year, the COVID. Yeah. Year. See, I always I, I, everything's a blur, man. <laughs> the COVID um, mania. But yeah. when she lost, when she lost the NXT title to Charlotte Flair, I was like, yeah. man, that makes no sense. This is stupid. You just put this girl back in the gutter. Blah 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 blah. Fast forward to now, she's the the Jesus Raw Raw Women's Champion. Jesus, I always get yeah. them mixed up. She's the yeah, she's champion. she's the Raw Women's Champion. So, I guess number one, do you think this is a long reign for Rhea? Both of you guys. And number two, is there a Charlotte program in the near future? Well. I didn't watch the match, so I can't even comment on the match yet. But Rhea thought Charlotte was going to get added to the match. She said she said in many interviews she thought she was going to get added to the match. But apparently she's had COVID and then with the Andrade thing and stuff. I don't even know where Charlotte sits with the company, honestly. She she might have bad blood with the company. The, like It might have been her decision not to, well, to wow. come in and make it a triple threat that terrible ass friggin' spot with Lacey Evans that they were writing, man. Like I, I, I well, well Lacey honestly, Evans was supposed to get the belt or yeah. she got pregnant. Well, Jay, I, like, I, I thank God she got pregnant to be honest with you at this point. <laughs> well, we, I, when, like I said, Jay, when I listened back to our episode there from February, a couple of weeks ago, we actually talked about like that feud where the, the, the seedlings of that whole um, Charlotte flair when her father feuding was back in February. Yep. Like that shit lasted way too long. And I think you said she might be on the outs with the company, like maybe not the outs with the company, but she's probably not in their good graces. And this is kind of Vince's way of punishing her, keeping her out of the program. And she I don't think know that I, at all. I think, I think it makes sense. And it would, I think if anything, she has an issue with the company, but the company will want her back. She's money as That's much true. as we That's hate true. her being pushed down our throats. She draws, yeah. but I mean, if she really does love Andrade and, I mean, the man had a no, he didn't have a no complete clause. So, I mean, they must have seen something in him or she pushed some buttons for that in his contract or whatever. So it's hard to say what's going on there because, I mean, she has been off for so long now. Well, the rumors are she got COVID. Yeah. there's, There's a few weeks off. Another rumor is she's now officially signed on to do the female version of Walking Tall. That's a TV oh, show. So yeah. She's going to be gone for a little bit filming that. Uh, that's what took her off the WrestleMania card. She wasn't sure if she was going to be able to be back for it. 
So they didn't even want to bother trying to mess around with timelines and they just said, okay, scrap you. Let's put somebody new in. Um, But they're not, they're not looking to get rid of her at all. They want her on TV as much as possible. It was her decision to get off TV for the last six months when she was gone for whatever, because she sees the writing on the wall. Like every other wrestler, you can't be around all the time. It's like the territory days. You got to be there for a year, get your stock in. And once you're done with that company, whatever, you move to a new territory for another year and you got to stay fresh over and over again. But there's no territories nowadays. So the only way you can do that is gone. Uh, Excuse me. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know what I mean? When somebody, you know, somebody you're sick of right now, I'll use somebody like John Cena back in the day. You could absolutely hate his guts because he's there every week. He's winning every week, blah, 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 blah. But as soon as he's gone for six months and then makes that return, everybody's cheering for him. Well, I mean, look at Roman. Exactly. Exactly. Now, mind you, it is the Roman character that drew people. I think if he came back the same Roman, we'd still be tired of him by now. That is true. That is true. But I think this head of the table, he he, he really struck gold with the whole head of the table persona and stuff. All right, fellas, moving on to the main events. Night one, Bianca Belair topping Sasha Banks in a incredibly yeah. emotional. It was predictable at times, but I mean, I'm not trying to be too critical of the history at hand. Um, my favorite part of the match is like that the out of kayfabe reactions between Bianca crying during the introductions. Sasha getting caught on a hot camera after the fact, like smiling and applauding Montez coming out and celebrating with his woman. There was just, this didn't feel like a wrestling match as much as it was a celebration. And, you know, obviously you can't deny the history JBL tried to on the pre-match show. And then Michael Cole brought that shit up during the match. I was surprised when he said that me too. And I was even more surprised and I love Booker T to death. He was probably like tongue tied. He listening to that. But I'm surprised Booker T didn't actually intervene and be like, I hear what you're saying, brother, but you can't deny it, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? I think there was an opportunity for them to have some kind of off, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Off sketch, if you will, conversation. But I like the fact but, that they didn't avoid it. They fucking dove right on the head. Yeah, on. yeah. Michael Cole, I loved how he literally just said it straight up. first and, and, two women and both are black. Two black people. And this was this straight is the up. thing that I, I said, like, WWE, I, I loved how they emphasized the fact that it was two black women. Yeah. Um, but they also had an opportunity to platform two black women as two black people. This would have yeah. been an opportunity to be like, hey, men haven't even done this before. Like, this is a huge deal, folks. Um, but aside all the, the quote unquote missed opportunities, because I think they sold this match. Well, these girls put on a hell of a show. The fans were into it from the beginning to the end. And I think it, it finishes up the, the way it was supposed to. What the hell happens next with Bianca? Like, is this a program that continues or do you think Sasha's is going to take a year off, do her whole acting thing? What's going on now with the ladies? I don't know what's going on with Sasha, but I want to ask you this right now. Is it wrong for me to not even think about that? The fact that it was the first not at time all no nope. like i didn't even consider that in my mind till michael cole said it and i went holy shit like so is it wrong for me not to no think about that? no you're colorblind brother that's one of the reasons okay, i've always appreciated okay. you is is there's there's a difference like uh we're gonna get a little social here on a wrestling show um, <laughs> I, I like i i race race awareness to me is something that should be optional when it's acceptable to be optional now there's situations where you should acknowledge the fact that there are racial issues and yes. there are situations that are clearly racial whether it's racist or just side note i'm, yep. I'm impressed that marvel's doing it right now with captain america and Winter soldier they're, yeah. they're getting into the race issue too so yep. i'm like 
fucking right. I mean, to that that just continues the legacy of Stan Lee. In all honesty, yeah. he's always yeah. very, very aware with the civil situation in the United States because his canon was coming out during the Civil War, more or yeah. less, right? Like the fifties and sixties and seventies, like that was a side time note. Though, there. yep. Continue. I love the side note. <laughs> <laughs> I love the side notes. Um, but no, like, like I, I like that there was an acknowledgement there by Michael Cole in the call right before, like you said. Um, but to continue more or less what I was saying, if you platform it and push it and try to make it a big deal, people get sick of it. And that kind of counters what we want. And that's just simple acknowledgement. Now, yeah. I actually yeah, I'm glad that. they didn't promote it that way. Exactly. They're both hell of athletes. Like, they're amazing athletes yep. in their own right. Like you don't need to add that extra layer to it. We all know it's the main event and, and stuff. I- anyone with two eyes, except for Jay, could see it. And I think that's why um, people were being a little harsh on JBL because I think that's what JBL was getting at. That man is not racist. Look who his freaking partner in crime was. Exactly. Like, ever yeah. right? Like that man is not racist. He's not ignorant. Are you talking about the snowflake stuff? No. Uh, before, before. Speech? So no, before the uh, the pre-show, he was talking about how he was talking to Rosenberg. And it was awkward because Kayla and Booker T were both there. So they're just two black people. And JBL was trying to not discredit or devalue the fact that it was two black women in the main event. But he was trying to basically what Steve said, um, a little less eloquently, mind you. But he was saying, basically, you know, these are just two incredible athletes. Main event of WrestleMania. They deserve to be here for their athletic achievement, blah, 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 blah. Regardless of color. Yeah. Now, nobody acknowledged it. And Booker T was quite can I can I bring up something though? Yeah, I think why he tried to downplay it is I don't think he wanted them like, and I'm not saying that maybe this is why they were, but I don't like with everything going on in the world. Yep. If they were like, oh, the first two black, and they'll yep. be like, that's why they're made of because it. there's a lot not of because people... of their ability, but yep. because they're black. So yep. I think that's maybe why he tried downplaying it. I think so, so too. people couldn't twist the main event and be like, oh, they only main event because they're black anyways. Yeah, so, I'm kind of glad I, I, I didn't think about that because it just, I, it wasn't a part of my build up to this match. And that's right? that's it a beautiful was... thing, man. Honestly, like, you know, I, I'm unfortunate. I mean, I'm not a big Twitter user, but I'm on the Twitter sphere and there's a lot of people saying, you know, uh the hurt business and bobby lashley and big e and apollo cruz they're only getting their push right now because of the social construct in the states and to me i don't don't believe that that shit man these are guys that have worked hard and deserve the spots they're in right now and are doing a great job in those spots so yes okay there's obvious times okay i was gonna say i agree with it in that sense like they're doing you say um they're only getting this push because of everything that's going on social whatever blah blah but I look at it on the other side of the coin. Let's show them that we're better than everybody else kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. let's not, mm-hmm. let's not just keep acting and forget about it and not pay attention to it. Let's show the good side of it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's the way I look at it. Not they're doing it just because it's a social thing. Let's do it to, to not join the social thing, but let's, let's be the movement. That's what we do. We're such a powerful company. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, it's always been a thing for me, you know, especially being half black. And I'm being literal when I say this, like I, I can be on both sides of the table sometimes, you know, as a black man, I want to celebrate every black achievement. Sometimes I'm sick and tired of hearing about every black achievement. Like I'm not going to lie to you, but it's a thing where like I, I bring up Quentin Byfield. He was just drafted second overall by the LA Kings in the NFL or sorry, the NHL draft. 
a lot of people were like, oh, I don't care that he's black. I just look at a good hockey player. I don't care that he's black, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, no, no. Like one day a black man is going to get picked number one in the NHL draft and we're going to celebrate that. You know, there's obvious racial achievements that you can't deny that you should celebrate. I think back to Tiger Woods, man. The first time I ever saw Tiger Woods, you couldn't deny what you were seeing. You know, Uh, Lewis Hamilton right now is making Formula One history as a black man, but not just as a black man. He's one of the greatest drivers of all time, right? Serena Williams. This is history that you can't deny. And what Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks did is in the sphere of that history. Obviously, this is sports entertainment. We're not talking about actual sports history. But when you consider the the draw that WrestleMania is and how it is one of the most watched events in the world every year, this is a huge deal, a huge deal. And and I, I, I love that the girls put on a show to match the history. Uh, it was an entertaining match. Like it was predictable, like I said, at times. And that final spot was a little bit botchy, but um, I was proud of both those girls for putting on a show. So, um, yeah, I, I guess uh, with that one, we move on to the big one. Um, the, the main event, the triple threat, the match that I was worried about actually being a bit of a dud because I thought introducing Daniel Bryan to this mix was taking away a momentum that was fantastic, but they actually put on a show. Uh, there were elements and, and some twists and turns to this match that actually genuinely made you think all three of these guys were going to pull this thing off. Well, you texted um, me right away, and you were like, "How are they going to do this in five minutes?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, this is yeah, this is what we were talking about at the start. Yeah. Like, do they have time to do this? And and like, even with your fifteen minute run over, I was like, "It's only like 23, 24 minutes for a triple threat match." Now, my buddy made a good, another buddy of mine, Stevie, not you, Steve. Um, he made a really good point to me, and he said, "Well, Chris, generally speaking, triple threat matches shouldn't last that long because no. it's three guys, one guy is going to get hurt off the bat, and then you've got a one on one." where one guy's weaker than the other guy, either he does a heroic victory or the guy in power finishes it off or the third guy shows up and kind of, you know what I mean? Which was kind of the spot last night when you think about it, because edge was kind of on the side. Daniel Bryan looked like he was dead at one point and Roman Reigns actually looked like he was a non-factor completely. I thought all three of those guys did a really great job actually making this match worth the time that they had, but the ending and this is something that might be addressed tonight. They might wait until Friday night to address this. I think there's something to that ending that nobody's really, truly talking about. Edge pin and Daniel Bryan. His shoulders weren't down, that. man. Is there, do you think, they think they're going to bring that in? No. You don't think so? I, I don't think it. You think it was just, it was just a, like a, the consequence and how everything just. I, exactly. It was, you guys both try to tap me out with your submission hold. So I'm going to pin you both. It was just, I think that was strictly just a show. It was just kind of a botch, like a misplacement of people. Yeah. Cause I was, I was like, man, they, they had an opportunity to do like an undertaker style, you know, pinning you both with my hand on your neck or something like one, two, three. I'm thinking like, if anything, this gives Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan a reason to fuck off with themselves and go face each other for, and leave Roman to go do something new. Oh, I, I think okay. if anything, that's why they built it like that. Hmm. What about you, Steve? What'd you think of the finish? I, I didn't even watch the match yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Spoiler <laughs> <laughs> <Oiler> alert. <laughs> you knew what happened, though, obviously. Yeah, like most of most, did, did you know that how it, that's how it finished? I'm sorry if you didn't know that. No, much. I didn't see any videos of it yet. It's all good, though. It's all My bad. Good. My bad. So, so it was a very good match. You yeah. Be disappointed. yeah. But to take on to what you said about them just going off facing each other, I think Edge wants to face this generation of superstars that he hasn't faced. So I don't think he wants to be in long programs anyways. No. Mm. Like I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if you see him down in NXT for a couple. 
Like he's named. I hope so. I hope a bunch so. of them. I mean, he he's up there and he doesn't move as fast, but he can still put on a performance. So I'd like oh, to yeah. see him have Did those matches. But, and he he doesn't need the because you know he lose it fast anyways. Like he's one of those. He's on the full time schedule, but I'd like to see him just have those part time views, basically, just with like a little build up, you know, one or two matches, and then move on. Like I think he feuded. Now, mind you, he was injured half of it, but he feuded with Orton way too long. Way too long. And, yeah, I agree. And that was only to get the ring rust off, I think. Like, he, like or, they both trust each other a lot. So I think they had a good feud started though. with Orton, and then he got injured. So that just added to the feud, because yeah. then they brought it back for closure, which they didn't really need to. But I mean, that whole promo with Randy and Bass, like, like they had a good feud. But yeah. It, just, yeah. it, it just didn't went, go on too long. It did go way too long. It really, truly did. And even this Randy feud with The Fiend, I hope it's over now because even that was just starting to – I think that's done now. I think it is too. Like I was saying, like it could be part of the potential Fiend's revenge storyline going forward. Who else does Randy go for? Because if if you've watched his broken skull, (laughs) he just wants to build younger talent. Yeah, this is it. So he might even take a break. Like you might see him off screen for like a month or two. And then, I'd like to see these veterans go down to NXT. Yeah, like Steve I just would. yeah, no, just like Steve was just saying about Edge. Why not Randy up? Orton do that? I'd like to see Orton considering he's been so critical of them all, with, especially Champa. I was with, gonna say him and Champa's the match to make. There's no yeah. doubt about and that. And then like with with Karrion Cross being the champion now, like that's not well, Orton's called out Karrion Cross. That's what I'm saying, right? And he's not a development style champion. He's kind of like Walter in NXT UK right now. Like these guys yeah. are dominant, true champions. That would beat the shit out of a lot of main roster guys. So with Killer Cross, Killer Cross, with Karrion Cross, <laughs> I keep, I'm so used to the old guy. Man. Copyright. Yeah, I love that dude. I love the Killer Cross character. That was a lot of fun to watch. But you know, seeing the, him transition this Karrion Cross character, it's almost the same guy, literally. And yeah, they're doing it perfect. They're doing it perfect. So you're right. That that could be a draw for Edge. Even a Daniel Bryan. I know that sounds crazy because it seems like he's at the end of his uh the end of his career now, but you He's know, not at the end, but he does want to go part time. So and he's yeah, been so, very public so, about so, wanting to go part. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like it's even been written. He wants the Brock line. Like he said, this might be my this might be my last WrestleMania. Like we obviously know that's probably not true. No, that's no, not cause, well, yeah, because like, they'll just bring him in in January for just like Rock and Cena was once in a lifetime. Yeah. So yeah. So, do you, do you, <laughs> so do you guys like? I, and then the night after they book the once in a lifetime part two, <laughs> and then the year after that. Yeah, honestly. So like so I guess we'll break down the three of these guys before we kind of put a cap on this one. So you, like Roman Reigns, how long do you guys think he holds the belt? And do you think The Rock is the end game on? I think obviously keep Roman right through the next it. year of WrestleMania. You think so? Yeah. What about you, Steve? Yeah, for me, yeah, the Roman's the man right now. So it's for me, yeah. There's I don't no know way. if he's going to hold the title. There, there might be a transition champion. He, he he might lose it just to show him a little vulnerability because I mean, like he's been taken to the edge by guys. Like JNK. Yeah, that's, that's anyone even like last night. Even last night, like he what, won that match being the third best guy in the ring. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he has shown that vulnerability, like you were just saying. They, they continued it at WrestleMania, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I mean, it, it's possible, like, kind of like how I threw in, like, I'd like to see Cesaro win the belt, kind of like a Kofi thing. He doesn't have to hold it long, but just give him that credit, per se. And, and like we've said off camera, the belt itself nowadays doesn't hold much weight anyways because that's where I'm getting at. Like the guys, you're you're either a Walter champion who's been a champion for over two years, but how many times has he defended it? 
or these guys who are defending in every pay-per-view and it's flip-flopping between two guys for six months. So, like, Reigns last night solidified this championship run by successfully defending it the last three programs. So he can drop it now, even if it was for a bit, and then build it up and kind of get a fresh start if people get bored of him. But Somebody was saying it like that you could do a relinquishment in a way, but with his like the leukemia that obviously that wasn't an angle that was his real health. They're yeah. not gonna play with that. You couldn't. You no. couldn't. Re- no, 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 no. I, I don't mean it that in a literal sense, yeah. but finding another. Well, people way. thought that was fake at first. Though. I remember reading part. some of those messages. Was like, you know, this is a people thought the leukemia thing work. was fake. And I'm like, are you guys? Well, because they were doing the uh, Connor. Was it Connor's Cure? Was that what it's called? Yeah. Pardon me for forgetting. Yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. just after the whole Connor's Cure program, and people were like, WWE's trying to double down. Um, on the little percentage they get from cancer research and i'm like you guys are the reason why wrestling fans get such a bad fucking rap <laughs> listen like, are you serious right now listen the nba and all these people have been doing this fucking video fan screen for fucking ever no problems at all wwe does it on their first night they got a beheading they got a kkk rally they got pictures of chris ben wallow showing up wrestling fans are ruthless bro like they're ruthless they but they aside of all out, that they, they figured out how to do the screens better than <laughs> I'm telling you, wrestling the fans are ruthless. Yeah. yeah. But aside from all that, I think again, like what he was saying, the, the belts don't really mean nothing right now, uh, especially the universal title. Now, the only way to build that up and prestige the title is by a long run. So me personally, if you're going to want the universal championship to mean something, you need the perfect guy like Roman Reigns to be absolute dominant to the point where I need that universal championship. So everybody's gunning for that title. You know what I mean? That's the only way I think they can me personally. Like, this is what I would do. Um, so I think that's the only way to go with Roman for now is just keep him as dominant as fuck. Keep him as the, the head of the table, the head honcho till somebody like the rock can come in. And I even think he should beat the rock too. Like the rock shouldn't come in and, and be like, he should dominate the rock too. Should the it's, match against the rock be for the title though? Like, well, this is, this is for that match. I said this to my grandfather. There is definitely a way. And it'll be hard if to he do. had it for the rest of the year till next year's WrestleMania. It, it would then it would have to be yeah, for the title for sure, for sure. But, I, but I the worst part is, you know, he would win. I know it's yeah, kind of. If exactly. he had the title, because they're not. I mean, they have given the belt to the. I was going to say the Rock just beat CM Punk not too long ago, so yeah, like they they <laughs> but, could they could maybe get two shows out of the Rock. Like the Rock could be Goldberg just beat the Fiend. Yeah, that's this is what I'm saying. Like they could get two shows out of the Rock because the Rock is really going to be trying hard to push this XFL thing. Even though I think Vince probably wants nothing to do with it, The Rock might he will put help money the rock. down on ad space. He will help The Rock. It might be a scratch my back, scratch yours. Like The Rock yeah. might put money down on some ad space on WWE programming. For Maybe sure. they have this like little this, this this series that's going to end up on Peacock. Because you from what I understand, NBC, yeah, man. So there there's a possibility. I don't and, think it's no coincidence that The Rock bought it. I mean, mind you, with this like CFL history and actually yeah. what he even doing with the CFL and and XFL and everything, but like it's. Out of all, like, the buyers, you know, you go to one of your main guys bought it when Vince said he wouldn't buy the company back after going yeah. bankrupt. Like, there's definitely, a like, a non-contractual part that they could get into. As I far think as The Rock the is XFL. just getting – I think he's just getting ready for ownership. Like, so he's going to own a company, the big XFL, blow that up so he can become the president of the United States eventually. <laughs> <laughs> 46% of people said they vote for him. I yeah, guarantee well, he would win. I remember it was, oh man. Well, I worked for NBC, so it was an NBC property, NBC channel. I just don't remember what show it was. 
but there was like a, a genuine interview with this guy. Like if the rock ran against Donald Trump, the rock would win. And 100%. They, he put down all these theories and all these different charts. Like you just said, 46% of people, blah, 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 blah. Like it, it's possible, man. Like he's, he's bigger than we think he is. And, and well, it's you know, actually funny just, because he has a show. I don't know if you guys have watched the show like, no. on his life or whatever. Yeah, and, I haven't watched any of it yet. But well, like they play a part where he plays like the rock from the past, present and future. And it like, he's running for the president in the show. So in the future, I think it's in his plans. Like I, it's, it's just a matter of which year. he will be. He will be 2024. Second WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. I know. Isn't that weird to say? <laughs> no. It would be the second WWE Hall of Famer to run for, for, to win presidency. That's messed up. Um, but yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget that Donald Trump is in the Hall of Fame, but so, you know, for for all the bullshit, that was a really fun like program, and it was it was Bobby Lashley versus uh, Umaga, wasn't yep. it? Yeah, yeah. Stone Cold is the enforcer. Yeah, and then the loser, the loser had to cut their hair. Like that was that was the some, battle of the billionaires. That was some fun <laughs> shit. Well, we wrapped up the cards, fellas. I definitely appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to take your your hangovers with me, man. Because like I said, the long events. I didn't have anything to drink, but I just feel like I was drunk off of the fact that fans were back in the building. I, to be performing I found out. myself sitting down and enjoying pro wrestling for the first for time the first in one time. year, one it, month, it, and one day. That the truth. And, and one hour like <laughs> and rain one, one hour because of the rain <laughs> <laughs> um, Before I let you guys go, I got one more question for you. A way too early WrestleMania 38 prediction. Let's just assume they're going to do two nights again. What are the main events for both nights? We're going to look back on this in a year and see how close we were. So night one, who's the main event? Night two, who's the main event? I don't think The Rock comes back to Hollywood. I don't think he's Rock in Texas. So, but see, here's, have... here's, here's the thing I got to tell you about that though. Texas can they might be able to get 120,000 people. That's the biggest stadium. stadium they can get, right? Like I I agree with you, Steve. Obviously, the LA angle, but you guys That's were just feeling... talking about when he was feuding with Cena. You thought that was it, and they had him for two WrestleManias in a row. Maybe he does both. But I'm just thinking from a movie schedule perspective. And if he's doing press tours, it's going to be easier to take time away being in L.A. than going to Texas. I mean, that, mind you. That makes know, sense. That, that makes sense. But if he's got, it'd be easier to balance his schedule. Even though but I'm pretty sure it does. What kind of health is he going to be in two season. years' time? That's the issue. That's another year tagged on to him. You know, that's what my grandfather was saying. Like the rock isn't, we know he's in great shape, but he's not young, you know, being in great shape can only take you so far. And we know that when the rock works, the rock works. He's not in there just to kind of do a Listen, couple of He got injured with his on. match in Cena. Yep. That's it. That's so, they honestly, they say that's why he, uh, he ended up he retired. continuing. That's why he retired fully because yeah. he tore his abdomen quote unquote, not worth it. So. I uh, I guess like to to continue the question, if you will, do you so you don't think he's in next year? So like, what's your night one and what's your night two? You think, Steve? I think you'll see Roman and Brock, and I'm gonna go Lashley and Goldberg because I think there'll be fans again next year. Out of left field, I like as a main event too. Why why you figure as a main event? Because I think they're gonna have Lashley beat Lesnar if they do feud in the next few months. So that would almost be like another notch on the Lashley or maybe Lashley loses the frigging Goldberg. Oh God. Yeah, I know. No, I think Lashley would be both. Cause and they'll, they'll kind of build them up as like the reigns deal. Cause 
pretty much you got like those three guys you got to beat for the title and for like the past years it's been Goldberg, Reigns, or Lesnar. Like those have been your your big guys, and they're they're of the same stature as Lashley. I think with the hurt business breaking up, as hot as they were, you're going to see a, a huge run from Lashley. Doesn't make sense to break up one of the only good things Raw had going for them for him to have a short title run. That's why, as much as I thought Drew was going to win to get that fan reaction, it wasn't surprising that Lashley actually retained. So I think you'll see Lashley walk into Mania. Face. All right, Jay. Spotlight's on you. Night one, night uh, two, main event. I'm going to go a little bit on left field. I'm going to say there's not going to be no two nights. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, kind of like I should have asked the question, like, who's the co-main event? Who's the main event? Right. But, you know, and that's why, to Steve's credit, like he just brought up potentially Goldberg versus Lashley. Like that might not be the main event, but that would probably be the main draw of the night. Kind of face of WrestleMania. The main event is the championship match. Everything else is just a massive highlight match. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. Um, But I'm going to say it's just going to be one night. I'm going to say by the time next year, Texas is already 100 percent back open. Let's just fucking do what we want to. I say by next year, everything's going to be back open again. Um, so uh, there, I think there's a lot more money in 110,000 people in one night than I don't think they could sell 110,000 tickets twice. I don't think they can do that. That's that's a lot of fucking tickets. That's, a, good point. that's, uh, that's a, good point. a lot of money. I mean, maybe they will. I don't know. Uh, but I'm going to predict one night. Uh, the two big matches I'm going to say is I'm going to stick with my first gun, keep the belt on Roman. All year, nobody can beat Roman. Nobody can get that belt. The big surprise is, can The Rock do it? So, you know, everybody's going to think. So that's that's my Roman Reigns versus The Rock for the Universal Championship. And I also like the Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. I think that's I think that's the big WrestleMania match for next year. Whether or not a belt is on the line, I don't know. I would like to see Lashley hold it until next WrestleMania. I think he deserves it. I think he'd be the best... The best fit. I mean, he's fucking jacked. He's 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 good on the mic with a guy like MVP on his side. There's there's more factions that come and go in the next year, um, but I think that's the match. The second match to make is Lashley and Lesnar. I don't know if a belt's on the line, but that's that's the match to have. Right on, right on. Yeah, I I I, I kind of agree with you, Steve. It makes sense for The Rock to wait, but I you know I think Jay makes that point. One hundred and ten thousand people, Dallas, Texas. I think that maybe Rock wins in twenty twenty one. Or sorry. You know what I'm saying? Rock wins. I'm getting all my years mixed up. 2022, 2023. We're in 2021. As much as as fans, we'd love for The Rock to come back. He's never publicly even hinted at the match. That's maybe the injury with Cena. Maybe he really doesn't want to come back. I've seen him hint at the match. It wasn't nothing too crazy, but I've seen him hint at it. But I don't think him coming back. I could see him just come back for a mania and losing. Just put Roman over. I'm doing this for my little cousin. It's possible. It is possible. And I mean, that would... I'm just coming. thinking of the money from a Hollywood perspective he'd make compared yeah. to what Vince would give him if he gets injured again. Yeah. I like, mean, he could just make an appearance at the Hollywood Mania like he did at the, the Dallas a couple years before when he, him, when he was teaming up with Rousey or whatever that was. Oh, yeah. yeah the uh, Was it Baron Corbin? Well, if he shows up this year, I think he'll be the host of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah that would be possible. the... That's possible. That would be the... There you Actually, go. And it's I think funny, he, speaking of hosts... I don't know if you guys seen the video, but the whole crowd booed Hogan yep. and they piped the in cheers for him. I, I, that's what I was questioning. I said, are they piping cheers in for Hogan for the camera? Because yep. I'm they're, pretty sure they're booing Hogan right now. Yeah, they're, yeah I've seen some camera phone the, videos and they were yeah. booing the fucking shit out of them. The fan footage was actually incredible. 
Like that was how awkward was that for Titus? Like (laughs) Titus is a pro. He is. I feel bad for him. Like it's kind of cool that he's getting this spotlight, but like you know, I I've been a and this might sound weird. I've been an advocate for if you're gonna have a host of WrestleMania, have them literally introduce the matches. That would just be a nice spice to it. Like they used to do that back in the day. They'd have a celebrity come in and introduce this fighter and that fighter. Like there was always a uniqueness to it. And I feel like now it's just, we're going to get Titus. He's good with the kids. People like him. He's a good, uh, he's a good brother. Let's throw him on the the screen, man. Like he's, yeah. Like to me, it's just a lazy, lazy booking and having him next to Hulk Hogan was so fucking confusing. Like, come on, Vince, you know, Hulk's history, you know, everybody hates him. What's I honestly think this was the nail in the coffin for Hulk Hogan. Me too. Me yeah. too, man. Me too. Like, I think Vince might have thought that he did enough damage control, but last yeah, night no. showed that the, the world has moved on. Well, yeah. the, the world was was still for a year, so everybody who loved Hulk Hogan that didn't know the shit he did, they know what he did now, man. They had a lot of yeah. time in their hands to look every, up Hulk Hogan facts. Every, <laughs> every single person that I know in the wrestling world talked about the Hulk Hogan situation over the last year because it seemed like WWE were really going to try to bring him back into things. And yep. no, they, you said if the fans gave him the stiff arm, that might be. Well, they were trying to before the whole incident. Yep. And then that kind of, and then this has been like the first mention of him really. Yeah. They just kind of threw him as a, in as a host. And epic fail. But epic like you said, fail. the hosts need to do more. Like if it's yeah. bringing, they, they came out and did like two little things on the stage, which, Really, just interviews. Kind of the vibe from the crowd and everything. Like they take the interview off. segment from the robotic interviewers that got backstage. That, that for the host. That spot with the Bella Twins was painful. With, with Bailey, I don't know if you guys saw that. It was. No, I was expecting Lynch to come out. That's when I was expecting Lynch to come Me out. Me too. Me too. Becky comes out and like whoops the shit out of Bailey. But then again, like, the Hall of Famers and the, the whole yeah. thing they're going with. I, I, I get. What I actually doing. thought that the Bellas might have been a surprise guest. Or the turmoil now. Me too. That's Me what I was too. thinking. Like, I was thinking but I think Nikki has like a tumor or something. Oh, shit. Really? I didn't know that. Or, or she just had one or something. I don't know. That, that's what yeah, my yeah. wife told me. She, she follows the Bellas. Yeah. The, 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 the girls more know about the Bellas than ever. we do now, man. Like, break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brandy B, she got into the like Total Bells and Total Divas and all that shit. She loves it. Honestly, Divas isn't the worst show. It's Honest not, to God, it with like, her, and it's my like, girlfriend's I, right here, so I can't talk too much. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I felt it sustainable to for, watch. It was, yeah, that's just it. Like for reality television, it wasn't a bore. It wasn't a drag. I'm a pro wrestling and, fan, so it was a wrestling, in my exactly. And when you're a wrestling fan, it's actually kind of cool to see the real lives of these, even though some of it is still. It's basically like shit. watching those 24s anyways. Boom. Yeah, you just exactly, see their exactly home life and leading yeah. up to matches and stuff. It's not awesome. like that fake Kardashian reality shit. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, the girls who have husbands that are in the industry, it's kind of cool to get the the insight into their lives too. Like these guys yeah. are vulnerable and opening up their lives. Like, Listen, sure, I don't they're... know if it was that scripted or not, but I have a completely different view of John Cena after seeing all the. Me too, of man. So <laughs> Me I don't too. Know how scripted that was, or if that's really him, but apparently yeah. that's really him. So it's yeah, yeah. And I would have known that if I didn't watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um. Yeah, I'll throw my two out real quick. Um. I think it's. I think I. I agree with you, Jay. Now that now that you said that, the whole two night WrestleMania thing might be hard to sell, but I think that if they do do two nights, I think it's going to be similar to this year. Not to pander, but they'll see an opportunity to make a women's match a main event for one of the two nights. Yeah. Um. You guys are talking about Roman Reigns holding the belt for a year. I think my girl Rhea Ripley does, and I can see Rhea yeah. Ripley versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. That Rhea Ripley revenge, or I believe that gives Charlotte the tie for the championships if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong 
I don't even remember. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. I know up. she's going to be like right past her father soon. So that's what I, I think. think if I think Rhea if... holds on to the belt, you'll see Rousey come back for me. Maybe. Yeah, that's. And then uh, I think, like I said, the Roman, Roman Rock, I think, is still on the table for a year. I just think WWE, full crowd, even like, like the Hollywood thing, he could be the host. You guys have already said everything with that. I'm going to throw this one away out of left field, though. John Cena might come back. And I could see potentially him and Lashley. I just think if they're going to maybe give Lashley that star star push, obviously Brock Lesnar would be a much bigger draw. But if Brock decides he's not coming back, for some reason, I think Cena coming back and facing a Bobby Lashley, it might work. Um, I know it's completely. Well, he didn't wanted to come back this year, didn't he? But because yeah, but they just couldn't make it. Exactly. I thought he was going to come back this year. Me too. I, I, I thought that he actually was going to maybe be as, even as just as like a surprise spot, but he didn't, he was nowhere to be found. So, well, wasn't it you who sent me like a thing that it was like the first mania without like him and I think Brock. it was like Taker, Rock, Cena, or Triple no, H or something since like because Taker wasn't at WrestleMania 35 where I was at, and that was one of the fucking yeah. main things I was excited <laughs> for sitting in MetLife Stadium with 80,000 people going, I can't wait till Undertaker comes out, and he never fucking showed up. I was and so then, mad, but he showed up on all the next night, yeah. <laughs> Um, See, I was just looking this up here when you said that Bobby Lashley debuted in 2005 because I was trying to think of like if they could do a story with Lashley and Cena, like we both came up together, whatever. But yeah. Cena debuted in 2002, didn't he? Yeah, I think he was literally that whole beginning of the Attitude Era, more or less, was it not? Well, not the beginning, but like the end. Ruthless, no, so that was the Ruthless, ruthless aggression, aggression Era. I said Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era. Like that was pretty much the very beginning. That was like near the end of me. That was the jumpstart of the Ruthless Aggression Era. Yeah, that was yeah. near the end of me watching it because like I, I got Cena, I got Brock. Um, the scene idea is not a bad one though, because no, I like that one. Sitting at sixteen title reigns, they could put the belt on him just for shits and giggles. So for anybody who deserves to break Ric Flair's record is John Cena. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that's, the that's, next that's closest is Orton, isn't it? Orton yeah. or Triple well, H? Isn't it Charlotte? Orton. Well, for the men's side. For well, this is what yeah. I'm saying, and this is why, like I said, the whole Charlotte Rhea thing. Um, they could even sell that. Like as much as I wouldn't want to see Charlotte beat Rhea again at WrestleMania. At this um, point, I think Charlotte's trying to get as far away from her father as possible. Like, possible. I don't even think she must be mentioned as the better champion than him. Like, it's just get me away from him as possible. Give like, me my legacy. He wants to do her own yep. thing. Straight up, straight up. I want to do some Marvel talk too. You watching Marvel shit at all? <laughs> Not really. We 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 uh, we'll we'll do that one separately. We'll we'll do that that a solo show. Like next time I have I've you. I've been looking for. for I've been itching to talk to somebody about some Marvel shit that's going on, and fucking hey, nobody's. Nobody I can, does it. So. I can I can catch up. I can catch up because the only thing I'm behind is on these series right now. Like you're I'm, missing out, man. This is some of the best shit they're doing right now. Yeah. The, the thing is, is like I made a decision when WandaVision started that I was actually going to let that finish and then see like, Falcon and Winter Soldier take a couple. And now I think I wasn't now, excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier at all. And now I'm like itching for that. That's, what my, episode that's what my brother like, said. He said, man, after that first episode, Chris, you'll be hooked on that, too. Same with like, WandaVision. They've started. been great. Yeah. They've like been great. It's, it's been way better than the movies. I'll say it straight up. D- damn, that's high praise. That's you got to think they got to cram so much in an hour and a half, two hours. They have eight episodes, nine episodes to work with. So maybe, they maybe, have more storytelling. I maybe that's it. what we'll do next week. We'll do, we'll do uh, wrestling up. video games and then we'll totally switch the fucking script and we'll talk Marvel bullshit. Catch up. <laughs> Cause I need someone to talk to. I'm fucking gnawing at the bits here. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you. For um, me, man. Like I said, we're going to do Thank this. You. So I'll be, I'll be hollering at you guys, whether you can make it or not, I'll be bugging you every week to come back. So um Do it up. this is the best possible lead off to this series so i appreciate you guys 10 count